This is Clint Carney from the movie Dry Blood, and you're listening to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will realize that there is something ahead. Something that lurks behind the dark veil. A veil that is beyond our own comprehension. What's up, guys, and welcome the fuck back to a brand new year of Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right. We got somebody here with us, and it is an old friend of the podcast, one of the helpers and creators of the show, and in some way, and that's Patrick. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good to be back. Uh, Just trying to get used to this again, and uh, been having a little bit of fireball with my friend here, Alex. Yeah. uh, He's like, it's been a while, dude. It's been a while. <laughs> I gotta get this seat warm again. Yeah. <laughs> You're not gonna pass out though or anything. Right? No, I won't do anything like that. I'll just make a fool of myself. And- so guys, it's a brand new fucking year. Uh I, I will let you know. Uh we wanted to bring Patrick in because Brittany was supposed to be here, but unfortunately she's had to deal with some surgery, which fuck, I'm literally waiting today to find out how everything went the outcome yeah so we wish her the best by the time you hear this we'll probably already know um but yeah we were a little we were a little worried about her she's she should be fine this is something that will help her out in her life so she told me she was like what do you want to tell them i was like what do you want me to say to them Brittany?" like like and i was like because you're not there and she's like what that i'm gonna be turned into a monster or something like that i was like well you should ask for robotic legs there you go and she was like i already did (laughs) i was like oh that's Brittany. that's Brittany." So, yeah, Patrick's back here today to fill in, which is awesome. We haven't hung out in, like, almost a year. Almost a year. Almost a year, We did hang out a couple of times. So, for those of you that have not heard of who Patrick is, he used to be on the show as a regular for, like, almost a year. It was a year. It was, like, a year, yeah. Yeah. It's like the curse, like, man, everybody leaves in a year. (laughs) Well, if you don't know who I am, then guess what? You're a poser. (laughs) You better, you better recognize. You better get in on some old episodes and start listening to some Patrick. <laughs> Clint Carney is going to be here today with us to do an interview here shortly after we have our intro and uh, our horror shots. He's a filmmaker, artist. He does painting, sculpting, props. He is also he's been known uh, as a musician and uh, also the lead frontman for the band System Sin in the industrial scene. And uh, he also tours as a backing vocalist and keyboardist for Imperative Reaction and God Module. So, but the thing is, is that over the past couple of years, 
he has actually been working on a project for horror movies. He's been working in the movie and film and commercial industry for a long time. He's also done music videos, and he's going to be here today to talk about his movie called Dry Blood that's coming out here in the coming week or so. Uh, about a week after you hear this, uh, it will be out to the public, and there's going to be some places that you can see it live you know, at a theater. So he's going to be talking about it. We had a great interview. So I'm really looking forward to you guys to hear this shit. So, um, but yeah, man, Patrick, fucking glad you're back, dude. dude I'm I miss you, brother. Back. Yeah. You know, I miss it too, bro. It's, um, it was a big part of my, my life when we were hanging out and, you know, doing this every day and fucking, we were making magic. Patrick. We were making magic, dude. <laughs> In more than one way. And that's, yeah, that sounds really weird. <laughs> dude, it's supposed to be a little he weird, He was blowing dude. me so well. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> dude, the Dutch rudder in this place was yeah. phenomenal. Man, we would stare into each other's eyes and just, like, orgasm. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we do like to look at each other a We lot. used to call it the motion in the ocean so our ladies wouldn't know what it was. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, so we've been having a little bit of fireball. I know that's weak sauce for a lot of you drinkers out there, but I typically don't drink as much anymore, although I have done it a couple of times on the stream for the new year during the break. Right. Uh, because I've had two weeks off. We've had two weeks off of the podcast. I've taken weeks off, but I've still been doing the the the, the um, video game streaming on Twitch, which if you guys aren't following that, you're, you're fucking dead to me, okay? Because, like, <laughs> we have so much fucking goddamn fun. Sometimes I act like a fucking idiot and dress up like a clown i put on a fucking this fucking mask and i come out as this, this character. Is a wicked looking clown it's fucking bucko the clown you know uh, what i'm saying dude it's fun man we have a good time so if you would like to extend your horror uh menagerie or whatever you want to call it into video games as well we play a lot of that you can watch me scream like a little bitch and uh yeah it's fun we have a lot of laughs so yeah but yeah man i missed you brother i'm glad you're back i'm glad to be here did dude. you have a good new year you know i'm old now i didn't do shit what? Well, I yeah, I guess it gets, well, it's also a Monday. So, right. but I hope you guys who are listening now had an amazing new year. Uh, 2018 can fucking take a shit for all I give a fuck. Dude, yeah, I'm so glad 2018's over. Bro. I mean, there was some really good stuff that's happened, but I'm just always looking forward to the new year. And I'm not just one of those guys that's like, oh, it's a new year. Fluffy, fluffy. No, I actually have goals. Christina made me sit down and write goals on a piece of fucking this is the cute thing on construction paper <laughs> a piece of red construction paper with a marker you have to visualize it you know I, I wish it was a smelly marker because it would have made it so much better right but like yeah like i have some goals now and it's not just because it's because i've wanted to and this is the excuse i needed to to make it happen why don't you rattle a couple off for us oh my god dude no some of those are pretty personal oh yeah um, stop masturbating so much <laughs> Stop masturbating. Stop fingering my asshole. No, stop masturbating and crying. So okay. uh, that's the part. You know, <laughs> that's the part that I really need. Do to not best. use tears for lubrication. <laughs> yeah. No, just stupid shit. Like lose weight. You know. But also, like, I want to write an entire synthwave, uh, dark synth album. Dude, you've been talking about for this the, forever, bro. For the moniker, the Subnostic, which is, you know, it's not Black Ops, which I've done and a lot of people know me for. Uh, but I'm trying to do it. So if you've never heard, we we have a web page or a Facebook page, but I haven't done jack shit with it really. Um, I've been doing music behind the scenes 
uh, for uh, like a, a short horror film. Right, scores and stuff. And yeah. uh, I also put some music in to a video game for like ATV, R- RX versus ATV. It, it's uh, some of my friends made the game, and uh, uh, but I put some music in it. So I want to make an album with nine songs. It was very specific, nine songs. So this year, plus hopefully one of my buddies who's been doing another feature film for horror wants me to do some music, but I want to do that too. So did you have any goals for your, this year? Like, is I'm going to... Any- Try to quit smoking, dude. You know how big of a smoker I am, and I'm just... Yeah, you're ridiculous. You know what you do to stop smoking as much? Not smoke inside. I don't smoke inside anymore. You don't? No, we smoke on the porch. So have you have you lowered your cigarette in- intake? It's almost like it's gone up. Fucking Christ, dude. Like, I'll be like, fuck, I don't want to come back out here. I'll have like two, three cigarettes. No, see, that's the problem. You need to go one and be back inside. Right. And then be lazy and not want to go back out. Well, as soon as I get this money that's supposed to be coming to me, I think I'm going to try to switch over to vape. Okay. Well, to be honest, it's vape isn't going to make it like it helps some people. But to be honest, you really just need to be like, I'm done. I need to not do it. You know what I mean? I've cut from two packs a day to one pack every two to three days now so yeah i'm going through a pack a day <laughs> between me and my wife yeah it's like yeah you gotta cut that shit out dude <laughs> this is I your know. father speaking yeah right <laughs> <laughs> anyway guys i hope that you guys had a fucking amazing new year even if you didn't let's fucking make this year fucking amazing because for horror for horror's sake it has been a fucking amazing and uh we have been very fortunate to have so many fucking films to choose from by the way we will be doing our top 2018 uh in the coming weeks it'll be not next week but probably the following week uh next week we have an interview with necro the uh, the death rap artist um so you're gonna want to stick around for that we had a really good conversation but i think it might be that time oh shit horse shots All right, guys, so we're back to do our horror shots, even though I decided to drink and I don't normally, but Patrick's here. It's a celebration. Uh, we came up with a horror shot based around the movie that Clint Carney has done. Uh, uh, it's called Dry Blood. So we're calling this a dry blood shot. And for those of you who will see the movie, I'm not going to spoil anything for you, nor do we in the interview, by the way. Um, we were very careful about that, even though we wanted to go into that area. So in the movie, the, the short synopsis of the movie is basically this drug addict goes to a cabin to basically try to come clean, basically, from all the alcohol and drug abuse that he is involved with. So for the dry blood shot, the horror shot that we're going to be doing, This one is going to be a rimmed shot with powdered sugar. So you're going to want to lightly wet the top, maybe even take like a wet towel and just like touch the top a little bit and then stick it in powdered sugar. Okay. So that the rim is white, kind of like the drugs that are in this movie in some way. Uh, Clever. Yeah, very clever. (laughs) Uh, Then you're going to want to take a half a shot of Campari, C-A-M-P-A-R-I, it's a red liqueur. You're going to also take a half a shot of Mad Dog Banana Red. So Mad Dog 2020. Yes, I know. Uh, banana Red. Because we all go a little mad, don't we? We go a little bananas. Yeah. We go. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> uh, you'll also take this shot while listening to the 
band of Clint Carney's called System Sin. It's a song called Here's to You from the album Here's to You. And uh, you should be playing this loud and, and proud while you drink this shot. And that's it. That's uh, it. Let's shoot it up. Yeah. So I don't want to spoil anything for you for the movie, but it all makes sense once you see it. You'll see. So we don't have that here. Uh, we're just drinking Fireball just a little bit. But if you'd like to find out how to make a dry blood horror shot, all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section. Now, that's it for horror shots. All right, guys. So now we're going to go ahead and jump into our interview with filmmaker, artist, musician, renaissance man, Clint Carney, right now. So stick around for that. Afterwards, we'll be doing our grave plots where we pull the name of a movie that we made up on the spot out of a crystal skull with diamond eyes and make up a horror movie on the spot. So you're going to want to stick around for that afterwards. So let's jump into the interview with Clint Carney right now. All right, guys, today we have front man for System Sin and musician, artist, writer, filmmaker for many films, TV, videos. His current movie, Dry Blood, is about to hit the streets. Clint Carney, welcome to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. How you doing today, man? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on, man. It's been a while. You've been uh, yeah. doing a lot behind the scenes lately. Yeah, yeah, I've been uh, just working on a ton of... Uh, film projects and uh, very excited to finally have my first film as a uh, my first feature rather as a uh, writer producer and actor come out uh, this January yeah you had a lot of hands in this film so pretty impressive stuff but I guess that's kind of what you have to do when you want to get things done huh yeah with an independent film you kind of just gotta wear whatever hat needs to be worn at the time you know (laughs) Yeah. Unless you have a huge budget to work with and a, a big uh, crew, you kind of just have to do whatever it takes. You know, and a lot of the heart comes from those things, too, because you spend so much time. Uh, it's a, It becomes more, I don't want to say passion project, because it kind of like lowers it, but in a way, it is. Oh, yeah, no, it's totally a passion project, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you've been working on that for like three years, and I think... I don't know if you remember this, but I think I met you back at a God module show that you were uh, helping out with on that show in Phoenix here. And uh, you since then, you've you've kind of changed directions a lot in your art art and uh, different types of art form. You've become kind of the renaissance man of sorts and creativity. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely remember meeting you at that show. And and, uh, (laughs) I, I have been working. I mean, I've been working on art and writing and, and painting and you know, whatever film uh, for my whole life, basically, you know, just making yeah. sh- shitty films when I was in high school and stuff like that. But, uh, but when, when I had met you, I was definitely focusing on music at that point in time in my life. And, uh, and now it's kind of, I'm still working on music for sure, but I think my main focus is really switched to film for the time being. Right. What was your what was your first memory of like wanting to get into some sort of artistic thing? Like, do you have like what was your first direction? Oh, I just I've always been into it. I mean, I I, I think I saw The Blob with Steve McQueen when I was I don't know four or five years old, and that was the first horror film I saw, and uh, instantly loved horror and uh, started drawing. Yeah, when I was old enough to hold a crayon, and I just never stopped. And so I've always been creating, uh, you know, visual. Uh, media 
and then uh, you know started making films when I was in high school, and uh, you know really terrible short films. Um, <laughs> Can you share uh, but, with, like one of the stories from one of those? Because I'm oh, curious. Oh yeah, well you know originally um, what really drew me to horror, or at least when I started getting really hardcore into it, yeah, as a kid I just loved uh, the special effects. You know, and anything, right. any any kind of creature in a suit or any kind of gore effect, I was just obsessed with. So, I started out getting into film, wanting to be a special effects guy, and so I would just come up with a, a gag that I would want to do, like a beheading or a gunshot or you know, someone getting their eyes stabbed out, things like that. And then I'd just write a little shitty five ten minute script, all centered around. What, whatever action is going to lead to me getting to do that special effect. So <laughs> all that, that early stuff was very, uh, very thin on plot and good dialogue and more based around just how do I make an excuse to do this effect on camera? <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned the blob too. So I'm a, I'm, I'm sure you're a fan of 1988 blob, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That's a, that's a special effects masterpiece right there, even though it didn't do good in the theater, but yeah, well, I, I think it's had a great life after. Uh, yeah, especially with the effects were just uh, top notch. Um, and speaking of remakes from that era, I just watched uh, The Thing a couple nights ago again for you know the millionth time. But man, I'll tell you those uh, Rob Bottin effects still hold up. Right? Oh my god! Like those two movies in particular are some of my favorite uh, special effects uh, movies. There's plenty more, but those two always stick out for me. Yeah, and it's like it's nonstop. Like you don't go ten minutes without uh, just a crazy, amazing special effect in those oh, films. And it just keeps. Yeah, like you said, it just keeps going. It's like in the thing where they have that scene where the guy gets his chest. Like he's getting the electro shock thing, and then his hands get chewed off. The oh, head falls yeah. off. It just keeps going. It's like, oh my god! Yep. Yeah, I know. It's just it's a thing of beauty. <laughs> well, and see, and it's funny because I remember I thought for uh, when I first heard the inklings of you getting into film, and you've been doing that for quite a while, more than I knew. Um, but I thought that you were doing spe- predominantly special effects at first. Um, which you've done sculpting and painting, so that kind of like works together in some way. Yeah, actually, I uh, started out in, I mean, aside from you know, stuff I was just doing on my own, you know, as a kid and st- stuff like that, actually seriously getting into the real film business, <laughs> right. I, I, st- I kind of uh, fell into that. I, uh, I was a tattoo artist for a while, and right. my, buddy, my buddy Skip Crank, uh, who is a, a prop master. He does a lot of different film and television stuff. He was one of my tattoo clients. And he's also a, a fine artist. He does really cool sculptural stuff. And we were showing art at a gallery called Hyena Gallery here in Burbank. And I show paintings there, and he was showing his, his work. And he was working on Scream 4. Uh, he had actually worked on all the Scream movies. Um, and they were looking for some artwork to show in Scream 4. There's a sequence in there called the... Uh, the stab sabathon, I think it is, where you know the stab is the version of Scream that exists inside the Scream universe. Right. And and so they needed uh, some paintings done for the background of the stabathon of the ghost face. So I did a painting for that, and that's how I got in the, that's how I got into props. I just did that one painting, and then from there I just uh, kind of snowballed. I kept getting hired to do artwork, and then eventually uh, building uh, physical props and things like that for film and. Uh, it uh, accidentally turned into a career for a while. 
Yeah, well, and, you, and a lot of your artwork too is like really dark. It's always got like a, a like a darker element to it. Like I think you did even like a Tales from the Crypt sort of uh, the the Crypt Keeper, and I think you oh did like- yeah, that yeah, I do a lot of horror themed art for most most of that stuff where it's like a character from a film is for you know themed group shows. But right. the the, st- the stuff I do on my own when it's not you know prescribed uh, theme is still on the dark side, but it's not. It's my own characters and weird creations yeah you have a thing for horns too i think right oh yeah can't go wrong with horns (laughs) (laughs) i noticed a lot of your artwork has like that one guy that's like puking up that green uh blood or whatever on it is it's pretty he's got horns i believe i could be wrong but then you have the one with the cat with the horns i saw yeah oh yeah there's one with like the devil holding a cat um yeah and the cat's got like a uh, spike tail and stuff yeah that's uh that's actually one of one of my cats one yeah. of several cats that i own posed for that painting <laughs> well i thought it was kind of, i thought it was you like holding the cat on your shoulder it, oh it, it, it was yeah totally okay he, that cat pretty much lives on my shoulder so uh you know i i snapped a uh, a picture of him doing that one day and then decided that would make a a nice painting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I thought about when I watched your newest film, I thought about like uh, your one of your last albums from System Sin called All Seasons Pass. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was it was based on a true story of a girl that was murdered and buried in the woods and then her body surfaced after the snow and the, the, the season changed. And, you know, like the whole album, had, it was like this concept piece with a storybook and it, it like really complimented the music. It was really pretty impressive stuff. My girlfriend is a huge fan, by the way, of that oh, album. And uh, she even bought one of your uh, zombie busts that I think that you did. Or, yeah, God module, I think. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, oh, can, you, can you tell me yeah. about why that story in particular inspired such a, a concept piece for you? And was it inspired for the film Dry Blood? Did it inspire that? Uh, well, there is actually some, uh, I'll say loosely based on, on reality, because obviously it took some creative license with it. But I had just written a song kind of uh, that was in the world of this story. Just, you know, a lot of times on most of my albums, uh, other than that one, I'm writing from my own perspective or uh, or maybe um, from someone else's perspective, but from a more uh, personal perspective. Um, of a, of a story, you know, that I'm personally involved in, and uh, in this, and this, I kind of experimented and and inserted a viewpoint into uh, this tragic story, and then it kind of got out of control from there. And then I wrote another song like like that from an alternate perspective, and pretty soon I was working on this album that was kind of telling this whole complete story, uh, but it was only complete in in the way in my head and i knew or i suspected that no one else would even understand that it was telling the story so i decided you know what i'm going to fill in a lot of the blanks and i wrote this novella to kind of uh, fill in the blanks and and uh, do a little more justice i think to uh, to the event so a uh, drive let is not based on that mm-hmm. but uh it exists in that same world and um, there's actually a reference to All Seasons Pass in, in Dry Blood. Uh, it's the first time you see the cop in the film, and he's just talking to the store clerk. And he's actually talking about 
the case from oh. uh, all, all seasons past, uh, which is great. just, it, it's a little Easter egg that like, you know, five people will ever get. <laughs> well, and you know what? I saw the store clerk also had a system sin shirt too. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, my character in the film, uh, this is a real subtle one cause you never focus on it, but there's a system sin sticker on the back of my phone. <laughs> 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 but but you can it's it's the one it's got like a piano keys on it so you never see oh. the word system sin but if you see that you see the piano keys sometimes shameless shameless yeah <laughs> well you know it was a low budget film so i had to use my actual phone so right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't have big budget it. for a brand new one <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, no, I, I love uh, i love hiding easter eggs and things um it's always fun and it, you know it's real fun when people actually catch them you know of course i just spoiled those ones now they're online and anyone can uh, can hear them and, and know but it's it's real fun when people discover fun little easter eggs yeah and, and you know it's interesting to me too because like you know like you've been writing music uh, for a long time and and you know like i haven't been writing music as long as you probably but i do have a huge i'm a huge fan <laughs> of horror and you are too and i always kind of find it interesting for people like uh, whom we might be who started out sort of uh, doing all kinds of different art and doing music and and like in your mind when you write songs do you think oh you know this is this is what this movie would be about or this is the song that would play during this scene or something like that like do you think about that when you write music uh not really i uh again most of my music is very personal so usually if i'm writing a song it's to exercise some kind of demon you know (laughs) (laughs) so I, i don't think about the the context of how it will be perceived or used in the future uh i just do it to kind of get that out of my system in fact i mean really i know a lot of artists say this but it really is true i i really do just write music for myself and uh if it finds an audience i'm always pleasantly surprised but uh I've written literally hundreds of songs that I've never played for anyone else. So, right. <laughs> I just, you know, that's I just enjoy doing it. But then sometimes uh, I'll like, uh, you know, a collection of songs enough and it turns into an album. I like the horror aesthetic, you know, I sure. like monsters and gore and it's just something I've been into in artwork and stuff. I just tend to write and paint things that I think are cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I hope so. You know, <laughs> Well, there's you have uh, like I think one of your first albums that you wrote was in the '90s, late '90s. It was Hate Parade for System Sin. Oh yeah, God, and, then, that was and you awful. had plenty. <laughs> yeah, wow, you grow, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, I I um I self released uh, six or seven albums before I got a record deal. And that was the first of the self release. It was all recorded on a four track. You know, oh, I'm wow. dating myself here because you know I'm uh, old as fuck and. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, it, it wasn't until premeditated, which I think was written in 2003 and came out in 2004. That's when I uh, finally got a record deal after, you know, writing albums and submitting them to every record label under the sun since the late nineties. And, um, and I'm glad, in fact, if, if I could do it over again, 
I'd go two albums beyond premeditated and have would have not wide release uh, premeditated or postscript and probably would have just gone right to the morning ritual. Morning ritual. If that, were, if that were my debut album, I would be much more happy with that. But even then, I, I think you see that's the I can't even listen to that album all the way through. I think it's not until end that that album I think is pretty solid all the way through and everything beyond then I'm still relatively happy with. But uh, I mean, you know, when you're a kid and you're making music, you just got to um, trial and error. You're learning as you go. I didn't have any real formal music training, so uh, I think I've... Self-taught. Uh, yeah, gr- grown over the years, I, I think, and um, stuff's gotten better just naturally. I'm glad I didn't grow up in today's era, though, because every awful piece of music I ever written would be on the internet for eternity. <laughs> so, luckily, yeah, there's some of those early albums. Uh, I mean, they're still, I see them pop up every now and again, but I, I wish they wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they would just die. They're really awful. I mean, they're not even listenable. That's But, you know, everyone starts somewhere. <laughs> it's, not, it's not at least it wasn't on eight track like i mean i guess it's not you're not that old <laughs> yeah yeah no no <laughs> but I, yeah i i had an eight track but i <laughs> didn't have the technology to record on one <laughs> <laughs> well after you've been doing i mean it says here that you're working on a new album and everything and i know that you've been doing patreon where you actually will people sign up and then they help support whatever you're doing and you also get like um like any track well, I, that you're working on. I did that for a while. I actually ended up closing down the Patreon. Is that what I had, it was? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I had I had some, you know, very loyal awesome subscribers on there and uh, the reality of it is is that I'm so busy that I didn't have time to update the Patreon as much as I would like to. And even though it was only like a buck a month or whatever, I didn't feel right about taking uh, taking a subscription service until I could have more time to just really uh, dedicate myself to putting out content on the regular, you know, and uh, I just didn't. So right. I shut it down. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever go back to it or not. If, if I find myself with an excess of free time and know that I can feel good about uh, having a subscription service like that, I'd do it. But uh, yeah, it is until, a lot of until then, yeah. Rest in peace, Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've made this switch from music, and you've been doing art in the background, obviously. Uh, you mentioned Scream 4. That was like one of the first starts. Um, I think you did like some video documentary or something before that, but there was, uh, you worked on Star Trek Into Darkness, Savages, Gone Girl. Yeah, did, uh, We Bought a Zoo was right after. Um, yeah, tons of stuff. I've been doing a lot more TV lately, honestly. I did like... Uh, uh, I just this last year I did uh, American Horror Story uh, just for an episode or two and uh, Santa Clarita Diet. I made something for that. Actually, I worked on the last season of that as well. So, um, but nice. yeah, doing a lot of t- TV stuff lately too. But uh, yeah, that's just in the prop world, you know, building building props, designing those and stuff like that. But it's uh, kind of become more of a bill paying gig and trying to transition more into you know making my own content. Right. You know, like so, hopefully, Dry Blood will. Uh, be a trendsetter in that regard. <laughs> well, and you've been doing some music videos for like Aesthetic Perfection, Elias Black, who's here in town as well. Um, oh, yeah. You've been doing yeah, some visual do- effects and direction for that too. Yeah, I try to do at least one music video a year just to, uh, you know, just to stay in practice ma- making films. I mean, making Drive Blood uh, as of last November. It has been four years since I started the project in terms of just starting writing and things like that. So uh, a feature really takes up a lot of your time. And, uh, yeah, although we only filmed for 
19 days. Uh, I did all the you know the editing and the coloring right. and the visual effects on it as well. So uh, and then I'll, you know there's a lot to do in terms of uh, promotion and festivals. And so uh, when you work on a feature, especially when you don't have a budget for a huge crew, it really is a huge uh, time drain. So I try to throw in at least one music video a year in in the middle of that, and you know some short films sprinkled in too, just to. Uh, you know, uh, stay in practice making films, <laughs> man, editing, just video guys. I don't think anybody knows just how crazy it is, but like you spend hours on just five minutes, like hours upon hours. And just like, it's, you gotta get that cadence in there and making sure everything's right. So, yeah, I, I like it though. It's, it's, to me, it's, it's fun. I mean, there's, there's very, little of the filmmaking process that i don't absolutely love Mm -hmm. uh that raising funds i hate and the mountain of paperwork that you have to deal with i hate but other than that i really enjoy all all the steps yeah just laser focus and get in there and then you realize 10 hours have passed you didn't even know what happened (laughs) oh yeah several years passed (laughs) (laughs) well yeah because i noticed like in the movie i watched when i watched the movie there was i looked at the license plate and i was like i freezed it and i was like okay when was this shot and it was like 2015 like uh december uh what do you call it um license plate where it canceled or the insurance canceled or whatever the registration oh yeah (laughs) Man, good, good eye. <laughs> I, you know, I'm that guy. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a while ago. I was uh, yeah, I was a, it was a younger version of Clint. So you know, when I do another movie, I'll be I'll age drastically in between every film at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you actually? I want to I wanted to talk about that a little bit because um, you know, like you have directed some of your films and Dry Blood. You you pretty much wrote starred in. Uh, you produced, you edited visual effects with your brother, I'm assuming, or? Uh, yeah, yeah, my brother uh, helped out with some of the visual effects stuff, yeah. Okay, I was taking a, a stab at it, but yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of the visual, there's actually very few shots in the film that don't contain a visual effect, uh, which is weird, because when you watch the film, it doesn't seem that way at all, but there's a lot of just cleanup. Um, there's, there's things you can't do at a certain budget level, like, you know, close roads and things like that, and we wanted the town to feel empty and isolated, uh, but it was, you know, a regular-ass town, so uh, we had to digitally remove uh, I, I don't know, like 50 to 60 something cars from the wow. background, those shots and uh, things like that. So there's tons of digital work that's invisible. And then, of course, removing like blood tubes and wires and things like that, you know. So uh, there's a lot of digital effects in there that hopefully the audience just doesn't realize. <laughs> no, I <laughs> thought it was actually that- really good. I was I was impressed. I was like, wow, they they did that. I was like, I thought you had hired somebody. I didn't know how far you went into the visual effects, but it sounds like you've been doing a lot. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I did a music video for System Sin, a song called uh, Daydream from a Deathbed. And I had done a Kickstarter for it or an Indiegogo campaign and ended up, uh, this was my first crowdfunding campaign, and I didn't realize I didn't factor in shipping for all the uh, <laughs> the prizes that people would win. So after I manufactured all the prizes and did the shipping, there was actually very little money left to do that music video. And it was a big special effects music video in terms of visual effects. And I, I got a bunch of quotes and the quotes weren't even anywhere, just for the visual effects alone, weren't anywhere close to the amount of money uh, we had. 
so I actually just uh, bought a copy of After Effects and uh, started learning it just so I could do the visual effects for that. And then, uh, so then, I, so I, then I just started doing more and more of that. So every project they do, I end up doing a lot of the visual effects work on it. So by the time I got to Dry Blood, I had a little bit of a visual effects arsenal in my back pocket to pull yeah. you know, that stuff off. And, I was pretty impressed, um, man. I gotta say, I was like, I was like, this is not easy. It's pretty tedious Thanks. work. Thanks. There is a, uh, just to give a plug for a site that I'm not affiliated with at all, it's just a rad site, uh, videocopilot.com. It's just a great After Effects tutorial site, and they have millions of free tutorials on there. And if you want to learn visual effects, that's a great place to start. That's yeah. how I started. <laughs> hey, man, that's how I, you know, I even with music, I was like doing YouTube videos and like trying to figure out how to do compression and all this other stuff. So that's what it takes sometimes, you know. That's one of the cool things about the age we live in now anything you could possibly want to learn how to do someone else has already figured it out and put a video online for you to absorb that information for free and it's kind of great so if there's something you want to do there's a video on youtube on how to do it um it's pretty cool yeah no especially nowadays people are just producing content in mass like it's just ridiculous how big it's gotten over the last 10 15 years alone before we get too far into it let's First of all, why don't you tell us what Dry Blood is about uh, so that they have an idea for those who haven't seen it yet, obviously. Okay, sure, yeah. Uh, Try to be as spoiler-free as possible, but basically a drug addict goes out to this uh, cabin-in-the-woods-type scenario to try to sober up. And while he's in the cabin, he starts uh, seeing things, and uh, we don't know. He doesn't know if they are ghosts, if they are... um, hallucinations yeah you know from his withdrawal things like that and that, that's the setup of the film and then it uh it all goes downhill from there <laughs> <laughs> it does have crescendos at the end there with some pretty crazy stuff guys um now and, and you also starred in this film which you wrote produced edited visual effects we talked about all that but this is pretty much your film that you've been waiting to get out for many years now and uh, as you mentioned it's a passion project you you decided to have someone else direct it, Kelton Jones, uh, to direct on this one, too. How did that come about? Well, I've never, for the record, I've never directed a feature before. I've, just, I've done short films, music videos, and things like that. But hopefully this coming year, I will tackle directing a feature. But uh, I had started a writing group, a screenwriting group, where I think there were six of us, and we would all just bring our scripts to this writing group and read each other's work and critique it. And one of our mutual friends had brought Kelton into this group, which is where I met him. I had written another script, a punk rock crime drama. Uh, Kelton read that script and wanted to direct that. And so we started on the uh, process of fundraising on that. And we quickly, well, not not quickly, we, we very slowly <laughs> discovered that that was a very expensive film to produce. And that's one that, you know, I, I still plan on making at some point in time in the future. And I'm still working toward that. But it's very expensive because it's a it's a there's a lot of uh, music that has to be licensed in there and all kinds of things. It's, it's definitely in the millions in terms of budget. It's a huge cast. It's wow. not a cast film. And there was and we just could not raise the money we needed to make that. And so we decided, you know, um, let's try to make something a little smaller right now. Kind of cut our teeth on a feature with something smaller, and hopefully that will build up enough traction to where then we can get the ball 
role in again with this other film. So that's kind of how, how we fell into it. And then that's how Kelton ended up uh, directing Driveland because we just you know took what we had in place already and with the other film and then just moved forward together to uh, to make this, which was an idea I had uh, kind of been kicking around for a little bit. But once I, I started writing it, and second or third draft, I showed to Kelton and he, he really liked it. So we just uh, pushed forward with that. So Now you mentioned you will be trying to direct in the future. Definitely, yeah, yeah. That's okay. the that is the goal. Uh, yeah. I will say too, just about being cast in Dry Blood, that was not intentional at all. I didn't think uh, the plan was never to cast ourselves in the film. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I kind of wondered. I was, yeah, it was that was my next yeah, question. That, no, yeah, when when I wrote the script, uh, well, when I write anything, you know, scripts or stories or whatever, I don't pre-cast them with actors or anything like that. I kind of let the characters become their own people in my mind, at least. So uh, never in a million years did I think that I would be playing any role in the film, let alone the lead role. But uh, then uh, Kelton had suggested it, I think, as we were just uh, going over the script, uh, he thought that I had a pretty good understanding of who the character was, which, you know, you get just by writing right thing and uh, so he asked if i would do it and it had been a long time since i'd acted in it in anything but i you know told him uh yeah let's try it out and if i if he liked what i was doing then yeah we could go forward with it but if i was awful then you know he would have to tell me so i (laughs) wouldn't embarrass myself but he, he he liked what i did so uh well, and <laughs> guys, he really unleashes the fury on the screen here for you. So I don't want to ruin anything, but it was pretty unsettling at times because like I, I told you when we were pre-show bantering uh, uh, about how, you know, laid back and friendly guy that Clint is. But when you see this, you'll be like, oh, wow. <laughs> so what was yeah, that like yeah. to go wild for you? Like, how did you feel about that? Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty tough, really. I mean, I... When you see, there are a few, not to spoil anything, there are a few moments in the script when I uh, raise my voice. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I think that's uh, probably the first time I've ever actually yelled at anyone in as long as I can ever remember. (laughs) So I'm just not not an angry or aggressive dude at all. So it was kind of... uh, it was it was weird for me, but you know it, it was it was a good experience. You know it, it was interesting. It was very uh, challenging to get into the headspace of that character and try to portray him in what I thought or hoped would be a realistic way. Right? Was and it cathartic be, at all? <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I, I mean, it probably probably fucked me up a bit, but. <laughs> But I mean, the, the real challenge with, with that is that I, I couldn't, I mean, I really tried to get into, into the head of the character and when the camera was, cameras were rolling, that's where I was in that headspace. But the moment that Kelton would call cut, I had to go back into uh, producer mode, you know, so it was really just flip flopping between this character and I, uh, and then, you know, having to be a producer and, you know, get things done that was the real challenge is just kind of uh, switching back and forth. Well, yeah, yeah. Cause uh, I can imagine And this movie's pretty brutal guys. Like there's some, uh, some serious brutality. And I wondered if, if some of that was a visual effects or what was that? Was there practical effects in this with visual or I couldn't even tell that's how good it was. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, we, it, everything is based in, in practical. We did, uh, you know, all the actors got, all the actors that sustained damage, shall we say? But we, you know, we uh, our effects team, uh, Chad Engel and Susan Clare, 
uh, you know, we they had made you know effects dummies and all, all kinds of shit like that. You know, so we had practical elements on on everything, and then there was some stuff that we cleaned up in in the visual effects side of things. For example, if um, if you had to pipe in five different blood tubes into an effects rig, well, you can't just leave the tubes sitting there on camera. Uh, you have to take those out. So th- things like that. Or, Little things, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, um, or, uh, well, this isn't too much of a spoiler because it's on the fucking poster for the movie, but there's <laughs> one there's one ghost you see, which is a little girl walking around with her head cut off. So, like, in, that, in the case of that, uh, obviously we couldn't, behead a girl and have her still walk around we tried and we went through five or six girls and we realized they weren't going to walk around so we had to do it fake um no i'm just kidding we <laughs> didn't really behead anyone uh, we had so, strings and pulleys <laughs> it was really awkward yeah a lot of so, visual so, effects work yeah so <laughs> so the effects team made like a uh, kind of a, a bloody prosthetic that went around her neck, but then in post, I had to digitally remove her head and then uh, where the stump would be, because obviously her real head was in the way of that, I had to draw in. I basically made a little cartoon over her neck, a uh, frame-by-frame drawing of her, like esophagus and, and spine and all that shit. So, um, wow. yeah, so it was very much uh, a little, little bit of animation in there, but it, it seems to be uh, seems to have worked real well. A lot of people uh, have liked that effect. <laughs> yeah, man, it looked good. Like I said, I I was really like I was like trying to like slow it down just because I was like, man, like I I just in my mind I picture like how much time that takes, like frame for frame. Like, oh yeah, to- but that, that's the type of thing. Uh, you know, when you're doing an indie film. Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, we didn't have distribution at, at that time, so I had all the time in the world to try to make it look as good as I could with my skill set at the time. And so I just really took my time with it, and I wanted—I uh, knew there would be some shortcomings, just from you know budgetary shortcomings that you you can't get around. But the things I could control, I wanted to be really cool, and so uh, I really tried to make those visual effects look as good as I, I was able to at the time. And um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, well, let me ask you this too, because. I mean, you worked on this for quite a while. What was like some of your favorite moments of making this film, whether it's in post or uh, pre or wherever? Like what was what was some of your favorite moments or was there any funny stories on set? Yeah, you know, I didn't I enjoyed the whole process of shooting. It It was it was great, really chaotic, though. What would happen is. We, we would shoot for the day and then everyone would uh, go to a rental place that they had. But I I would stay and uh, go through all the footage for the day and uh, get dailies ready for the next day and so forth. So I ended up only sleeping probably an average of three hours a night. The most I ever slept on that whole shoot was four hours. That was the longest I slept. So that was a little grueling. Great for um, the character, but probably yeah. not for working. <laughs> Yeah, because it, it was almost entirely shot in chronological order with, with a few exceptions. So as because of those conditions, as the film goes on, I got more and more tired and deranged and uh, and I uh, kept dropping pounds, too. So <laughs> it actually worked for, you know, the, pro- uh, the progression of the film. But, uh, yeah, um, funny stories. I, I don't know if, if uh, they're considered funny or not, but there's, uh, <laughs> there's one scene uh, that takes place uh, – upstairs where we spilled so much blood i believe our effects team told me it was five gallons of blood in this one scene and it leaked through 
the floorboards and started dripping down uh, on the first story. Oh, wow. So that was... Uh, <laughs> I, I know exactly what scene you're talking about, too. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so did you so, rent that place out and then you had to, like, repair uh, everything? No, I, we, we totally lucked out. And my uh, that is uh, a house that my brother owns. So, really? Uh, okay. Yes. He was uh, kind enough to be uh, pretty cool about all that stuff. Obviously, we, we had some cleanup to do afterward. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but, 50 uh, gallons, if, you, yeah. if you if you go uh if you go to that house now you'll still see there's still some random blood that's just stained in there that's never coming out <laughs> <laughs> try selling the house now you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, someone was murdered upstairs in a movie <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's fine it's fine <laughs> that's great well i may exclude this next question in the editing but because I don't want to spoil too much for everybody, but you let me know if it's too much and then we'll keep it in or not. But obviously you've told us that the, the, the main character is dealing with a drug addiction. He goes to get help basically by getting clean at his cabin. Uh, and obviously this movie in in some ways to me in the story feels like it's almost like a physical telling of drug addiction and the people that it affects. Like, yeah, that, that's really what it's about at its core. I think, you know, um, it, it all, I, I think a good story, you know, has to start with, uh, characters that you can believe and get behind. There has to be some kind of a human drama in, in there. Um, and so that, that's really kind of where everything starts is that, is that story of, you know, trying to overcome this drug addiction and mental illness. And then obviously how, uh, how a person's behavior can um, spiral out and affect other people in, uh, you know, varying degrees, obviously in the context of this film in an awful, awful way. <laughs> yes. No. Yeah. It's one of those films I, I think, are, you know, that people have to watch a couple of times maybe to really start to get the gist of everything. But all, all the information is there and we didn't leave anything out. You can unlock the story if you watch the film enough times, but it's definitely not spelled out at all. Yeah. <laughs> so the question now is what would you like to do next? Is it the punk film? Are you going to be doing more film? Do you want to do a new album? I mean, what do you have on the plate currently? Oh man, so much, so much. Uh, I want to do that punk film. That's definitely, um, something that I've been wanting to do for a while. It's, it's kind of a personal story and I would love to do that next. I have another script uh, that is like a crazy creature gore fest that I would love, love to do. Uh, that may end up happening first. I, I don't know. And then I have a couple other scripts. Well, more than a couple. I have a lot of scripts, let's, let's say. And um, a lot of pitches kind of floating around Hollywood. So uh, the reality of it is, is that I can't say for sure what's going to be next until someone, uh, you know, until I can get commitment for funding for a particular project. So, right. so there's a, there's a number of things I have going on, uh, it, but whatever, whatever ends up being my feature directorial debut, it will more than likely be horror or some kind of a crime thriller. Okay. Can you spoil a little bit about the creature without uh, going too far into detail? Not what it yeah, is necessarily, little, but what it's sort of about. What you're thinking? Yeah, it's yeah. This is this is one that can be easily spoiled too. But it's a uh, <laughs> it, it's it's a very it's a demonic type uh, creature um, that can be controlled by human beings to murder on their behalf. That sort ah, of thing. Nice. Uh, but so aside from just 
a heavy amount of creature effects. There's just a tons of gore, like uh, way more gore than is in Dry Blood. It's just a gore fest and uh, definitely one of those uh, special effects, uh, spectacular type films, if I can make it the way I see it in my head. So I would love to do that. But because it's so special effects heavy as well, uh, yeah, the budget for the, the practical special effects alone is more than the total budget for Dry Blood. So, <laughs> wow. uh, you know, it, it's... Uh, it's just uh, raising, you know, it's the, back to the whole process of raising funds and, you know, whatever, whatever strikes first, that's the next film. <laughs> right. Nice. Well, and so you've been just in a writing frenzy lately. Yeah, I've just been I've been writing scripts for uh, for a long time. I usually knock out at least one a year. Um, but this year I've got a couple. <laughs> yeah. Or this last year, rather. Um, I've, I've been writing a lot more than normal. But um, yeah, that's actually for me, I guess this, this is my favorite part of the whole process is writing. Like if I could just write for a living, uh, if I had to put everything else aside and only pick one a creative outlet, it would be writing. Nice. Um, not that I plan on doing that, but you know. Um, <laughs> so anytime when I'm able to write more uh, is is a good it's a good day for me. Nice man. Well, and the movie's coming out by Dread Presents on January fifteenth officially, right? Yeah, I, we do have, a, there's a couple opportunities to see it on the big screen, though, if I can talk about those real yes, quick. Yes, please do. Yeah, on the on January 15th, it comes out on Blu-ray, uh, VOD, and DVD. Um, but if you want your last chance to see it on the big screen, if you didn't get the chance to see it at a film festival, um, let's see, in L.A., I uh, know, in Orange County at the Frida Cinema, this is in Santa Ana, I believe, uh, we have a theatrical run for a week from Friday, January 11th through Thursday, January 17th. And at the January 12th showing, which is a Saturday at uh, 10.30 a.m., uh, Kelton Jones, the director, and myself will be there to uh, do a Q&A after the film. Uh, so anyway, uh, there's a chance to see it there if you're in California. Nice. And if you're in Arizona, Woo. which you are, <laughs> uh, we're going to be uh, doing a screening at Film Bar in Phoenix on January 25th at uh, 10 p.m. screening. And same, uh, Kelton Jones and myself will be out there at Film Bar. So I hope I get to see a lot of my Arizona friends and, and meet some new ones and uh, show some people this film. One more event to promote real quick is on the release date, January 15th. We're doing a big uh, DVD Blu-ray signing at Dark Delicacies in Burbank, California. That's a kind of the premier horror bookshop, uh, horror all things shop uh, in the country. And that's where a lot of the uh, big signings happen in L.A. So we're really excited to do that. And so that one will be me, Kelton, uh, Jamie Valentine plays Anna in the film. Um, Rob Galuzzo, who plays the clerk in the film, and uh, hopefully some more of our cast. I, I'm still waiting on other commitments, but that's a good chance to get one. And if you want an autographed copy by all of those people and can't attend, if you go to uh, darkdell.com, that's the website for the store, and you can pre-order it there. And there's a special pre-order price um, from Epic Pictures as well, which is like super cheap now. So if you want to pre-order it and get a great rate on it, if you go to epic-pictures.com, get the Blu-ray DVD there, super cheap and pre-order, and then you'll have your own shiny new copy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. I'm really, uh, I really enjoyed the film. I think you guys will enjoy it too. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm definitely looking to see what you do in the future as well, man. So, uh, uh, good luck to thank all you. of that. Um, uh, thanks so much. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, if anything else comes up, let us know, and maybe we'll have you on again, man. That'd be great. Will do. Thanks so much for having me. 
All right, guys, that was our interview, and uh, I want to give a big thanks to Clint Carney and Epic Pictures, Dread Central. Uh, you guys should check out Dry Blood. It'll be coming out January 15th, as we said, uh, or you can catch it on the theaters that he uh, announced in the interview, so you're going to want to check that out. And uh, now we're going to go ahead and jump into our grave plots. And if you're not sure what that is, we make up a horror movie on the spot by pulling a name out of a crystal skull with diamond eyes. So we're no longer pulling out of a hobo's ass. Yeah, no, no, no. We got a no, no. Yeah, crystal that, skull. <laughs> you're freaking me out. <laughs> but yeah, guys, we're making up a horror movie, so it's really cool. I hope you stick around for this. Let's go ahead and jump into our grave plots right now. Right. So, since you haven't been here in a while, we're just going to give you the honors. Oh, yay. Stick my hand in the butt. <laughs> I just hold still. Yeah. Good luck. Pick something good, goddammit. Don't fuck us. So we got... Oh, by the way, guys, before we announce what this movie is, if you guys ever want to donate a fake horror movie name, we ask that you do two things. One, try to look it up on IMDb because we are a horror podcast and we do review movies. So try to pick a name that isn't in the imdb.com registry and you can look it up. And two, only send us maybe two uh, suggestions because we've, we've had some where we got a whole bunch, which we love, uh, but we can, uh, we want to make it fair for everybody else to get theirs read. And you could do that by going to longlivethevoid.com and go into our contact section and selecting grave plots idea in the drop down menu. So, so what is it, Patrick? The attic door. Who is it? Uh, probably not. There's no name on it. Let me see. It is, uh, anonymous. Oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Alex. Okay, we can do, we can we, uh, we can spin this into something. I think you know. If you want to roll with it, dude, I'm fine. All right. Yeah, we'll have to. Uh, so I made it up. So you have to come up with the concept first. Sorry. So the attic door, attic door. Hmm. It could be possibly like a portal to another dimension. That's or? what I was thinking. Right. I love shit like that. So are we thinking alternate dimension time yeah, travel? But- well, we don't, I don't think we need to expose what it is right away. Like, if we were to really make a movie about something like fucking the attic door, right? Uh, we would want to make it like drag it out a little bit, but also have some fucked up shit in it. Maybe some gore, maybe some like really trippy, like mind fuckery right. going on. Um, <laughs> so what else? What else do we got for the, uh, all right. So we got an attic door, some kind of dimension or doorway to a, another dimension. Um, what are you thinking, city? You thinking rule? You thinking? I don't know. I mean, it could be like you know, like some weird shit happens in this house. We don't know where the house is yet, but it could be just a house and uh, things. They start seeing or hearing the attic door slam or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. And so, like, like weird shit starts happening in this house. And like, you know, is this going to be like the typical, oh, we moved into the house and all of a sudden shit's going to happen. I feel like we shouldn't like just go into another world necessarily, but maybe go like drag it out and have like a lot of crazy events in the house or around the house or in the neighborhood even that are causing weird shit to happen. And, you know, we don't know what's behind the attic door till the very end. And even then, maybe we don't even know, like maybe 
Maybe you were in the attic the whole fucking time. Right. Maybe it's <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's in your head. I don't know. Like, not. I don't mean like you were in a dream. Like, right. That would suck. Right. 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 Uh, that's been done to fucking death. But right. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I I, I like that. We uh, can build it as we go. You know, we don't have to like. So we just come up with some characters that we think are interesting, or maybe maybe somebody's breaking into a fucking abandoned house, and these kids are like. um what do you call it? Um, they're just like street kids, you know, that like break into shit to like squat Go, squatters. Right, right. They could be squatters for all that we know. And then maybe some other guy who kind of lives near notices like there's lights on in the house and like, you know, like, cause they're like having fires or whatever the fuck it is. And like he gets entangled in it or she gets entangled in it or you know what I mean? Right. And so like, I, like I really want it to be mind fuckery. So it's like, you never really know what's real or not in some ways like i feel like that's always a good combination so maybe it could be like a thing where they walk into the attic door and then it's not really an attic door well you know what it's it's start this is starting to remind me of the book i read called a house of leaves which is i don't want to say it'll be like this so we'll have to steer away from that and i can do that just fine um but yeah i don't know like so maybe some squatters break in maybe that's just the opening scene right it could just lead on from there right and maybe you know i don't want to do the like oh my parents died and so i'm taking over this house <laughs> that's been done like 70 million Any way times. you go about this it's gonna be done yeah well i mean we could try to make it as unique as possible so um what kind of characters though that do we need in it do you like the idea of squatters like do you have any other ideas it will, I mean, squatters is definitely a, a better take than I would think, like, you know, a family moving into a new house, because it's just been done over and over and over and over and over. I think, you know what would be cool, be interesting, is to start the movie out in the past, but maybe like the 80s or something like that, where where the house was not, didn't have a history to it. Do you know what I mean? And so, like, an event happens where a lot, like, the the, the police, the sheriff or whatever in this town, this small town, I would assume, uh, sees some shit going on or the neighbors see some shit and they don't, they can't explain it kind of thing. And they hear screams and lights are coming out of the, like, whatever. Well, what if, I'm just, I'm spitballing here. No, no, hold on, hold on. Like, this is just, like, think think of it this way. This is just, like, when you watch a movie, there's always that stinger in the beginning. Right. And, and it's like, what the fuck just happened? And then, then they start devolving the story. But this could be something that took place in some past time and, you know, some crazy shit happened in the neighborhood. And then the lights go off in the light of the house and it's shining really bright. And then it just stops and all the crazy stuff, people disappear. Things are weird. And then you're like, fast forward, you know, to today. When maybe the sheriff is like retired and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Okay. What? Okay. Stop me if you don't like this, but I'm going to start spitting it out. So what if in the eighties, normal house, nothing's wrong with it yet. Something happens. Maybe it's like some kind of event, like, uh, Haley's comet, or they think there's a comet passing by earth. What if that comet crashes into the house and somehow, go ahead, whatever it is that's connected to this asteroid. Is otherworldly, right? Okay. And affects the uh, the actual house of itself, anything that it touched. And okay. let's say, like, the people who wanted to build a house on the same plot I don't... used reclaimed wood, and it was the same wood from that house. I think I think that might be a little bit too much of a stretch, just in my opinion. Right, right. I'm just, but, that's like I said, I'm just spitballing. But, I mean, I, I, I guess the idea of something crashing into it and then acting like it never happened might be interesting. Um, or... 
it disappeared. Right. Like right before it was going to happen or something like that. You know what I mean? Like you like comets, huh? You know, I just watched, uh, what is it? Um, Maximum Overdrive recently. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't really comet though. It was like, yeah, it was, dude. It was, uh, the, there was a, there was a comet that was passing by the earth very close and the tail of the comet, which like made the whole earth green okay, for like dude, a week. Right. And it caused all the machines to come to life during that time. That's what that was about. See, I thought I forgot about the comet part. I thought it was just like this mysterious green fog started covering the earth. And yeah, that's what. Yeah. No, I just watched it recently. I'm a f- fucking huge fan of that movie. Oh, it's definitely good, dude. <laughs> yeah, that fucking truck is fucking awesome. Yeah, the goblin. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I like the comet idea because that like makes it really complex. Like, I would love to. Like, guys, we want to make this as complex as possible, but you realize we only have about forty five minutes to do this in, right? And it's like we don't want to like go hour and a half into this and try to figure out an entire movie. This is really just to get a sort of a concept, a premise that we own. By the way, uh, because we're doing it and putting it out live and stating it also. So fuck you. Uh, if you're interested, we would be more than willing to sell this to you because we've been approached before. So anyway, um, we've been approached before. You've yes. been approached. Yeah. About what? Uh, Ho Ho Homicide, which me and Brittany did. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I thought it would have been the wedding movie we did. That was. I want to do that one. That would be tits, my first dude. movie. Oh, my God. Anyway, we're so getting good. way off track. I know. I know. No, I'm sorry. I'm all reminiscing. <laughs> it's the whiskey, dude. Yeah, if you guys want to listen to that, we'll post a link down below. But I'm going to probably forget, so don't hate me. Yeah, I'll remind them. Don't worry. <laughs> I think it would be interesting, like, if there was, like, people wandering around this house. Right. In the 80s, a cop pulls up, sees all these people wandering around, weird shit, like, crawling around. You can't really discern what it is. And the cop pulls up, and, like, somebody's, like, shooting people. And he's like, hey, put your hands up. And then this white light or whatever light comes out of the house, like almost like uh poltergeist when the house sinks into it, but it's like outwards. Right. And this light comes out and then it, it, it blinds him and then he wakes up and nothing's wrong. And that's when the movie kicks into the credits, you know, the attic door. Right. However we want to do that. And then, then, uh, then we start to, to get into the characters that would do it. What do you think? No, I like it. I like it. The comet's an interesting idea. Maybe we can add it in some way. No, that's a whole other movie entirely. If you're going to, you know, trying to add it in later might well, it could be up. it could be parallel dimensions are coming through that door. Right. That That is the one center piece in the entire existence of all parallel that when people happen upon this door for some reason at a specific time or for whatever reason, whether this is on a different planet or a different thing, that's a door, a d- different looking door. Uh, it could be a submarine and the door opens and it's some weird shit and some sub submarine guy from <laughs> Russia is like, you know, he's on fucking what's that fucking hunt for Red October? Like, <laughs> so you're pretty much saying like maybe this door is like just a pathway to anything. There, yeah, there's there's some, some reason realities. it connects at certain spots for some reason. We, we we don't have to get into why, because it's more interesting to not know. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I think I like that idea. And uh, I think, did they mention something about the attic door in Donnie Darko? Did they? I think they did. The cellar door. That's what it was. Okay, that's why. Okay, anyway. So this was the attic door. It's, a, it's way higher. It's above. Yeah, it's, way, it's above that shit. Way above. What kind of characters do we want? Well, you need comic relief. Well, I mean, we could try our best. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm just that kind of guy just like a little well, bit we'll, of lightheartedness we'll de- we'll, in my shit. That's what it'll show in the in the stuff that we come up with, for sure. I don't know. We want to do, like, a family? We want to do a no, couple? No, I don't want to do a family. 
Yeah, family's been done and done again. Um, let's just say a, a recently married couple, newlyweds. Okay. Well, no, no. I don't think anybody should live there. I don't think. I think this house has been abandoned ever since that. So maybe that event in the, the 80s or whatever. Let's think about it this way. Think about the burbs. Maybe it's something like that. Where I mean, everybody kind of well, notices something be, about this house that's a little I, I, off. I picture this house to be in the middle of a like like big time like podunk country. It's this old house off to the, you know, down this long dirt road that has like you know people like it's in the middle of the forest like in this clearing and they have this house. It's an old farmhouse that people were going to live in. And well, they, how are you going to add characters to it if there's no one because around it? The squatters, man, they're like they break down outside of the fucking wherever. They're they're not even tr- from that town. They're outside of the town. They're like street punk kids, you know what I mean? That are just looking for a good time. They're on their way to to make even maybe they're in a band or you know what I mean? Or they, you know, they break down. They find a fucking place to go rest. Uh, like right. or maybe they go down the road to try to hide. A, maybe it's a stolen car. And they go down the road, and then it breaks down, and they find this house, and they go to it, and they crash in, and weird things start happening while they're there. So nobody really knows that they're there. So, like, maybe they're going down the road to this house, and don't even see the house. They just end up somewhere. And that car breaks down, maybe because of the attic door or whatever, you know. But, like, the surroundings that they're actually in is not the house at all. It's somewhere completely different. What do you mean? I mean, all they remember is going down that dirt road, and from there, they're in... A completely different universe. Well, I think it should be the same house that was from the 80s. No, I'm not saying anything about the house. I'm saying they don't even see the house yet. They just turn down the dirt road where the house is right. at. Right. They hit something. Their car breaks down. They don't know what they hit. It's one of those things. Right. Which is kind of typical, but it's also kind of interesting because it's mysterious and you see blood or some weird shit on the front and they don't know what it is. You know what I mean? So they're like looking around. Did we hit something? Is there a deer? Right. They hear something scream outside as they hit it or something like that or off in the distance and be kind of interesting. And they make a joke about it like, eh, whatever, you know, stop being scared, Johnny. Right. You know, like, don't be such a bitch, Johnny. <laughs> Why don't you get your fucking Nintendo fucking Switch out and start that you stole from your little brother. God, you're such a dickhead. <laughs> something like that. Like, no, for sure. I, I think it'd be interesting. So I think it would be like good to have a mix of different types of people in that group. Um, what do you think? Yeah, uh, maybe it is like maybe there's a guy. Well, you said they're all squatters, so if they're all squatters and they have to be from the same cloth, right? Well, they don't have to be squatters, but they could be somebody traveling, like you know, with no jobs and like maybe they picked up a hitchhiker or whatever. Yeah, like stuff like that. Yeah, like we could even show them going down the road, having a conversation in the van or car or SUV. And they pick somebody up that's brand new, and then they take them into the fold. They break down. They hit something. It's like this interesting kind of uh, dynamic between all these people. Like, and I think it'd be cool. Maybe you know, I don't want to do the. They stop by the gas station, and the guy's all weird. Yeah, it's like go down the road. Yeah, this is where evil is. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a little too much, I think. So. Are they all going to discover this house at the same time, or maybe two people go away and fucking hey? Then maybe I think there's maybe a house up the road. Why I think it'd be go good to have out? like five of them, and you could have like different weird things happen for in- individually for them. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe one of them runs into themselves, or other duplicates of them, or maybe like a really fucked up version of them. You know right. what I mean? Because it's a different parallel dimension. So, you know, maybe the oxygen wasn't a big part of this planet that they were on and it became, you know what I mean? Like something like that. 
something that changes them. Maybe they have like long trunks or whatever the fuck it is because parallel dimensions, right? Right. Endless, endless, infinite options, infinite changes, infinite. Maybe uh, the rotation of the earth, whatever you want to break down the science, like magnetic fields or whatever. Right. As it rotates, it's different dimensions. Maybe this parallel dimension that the door opens up to and lets somebody through is like, Aliens took over the planet years ago, right. you know, hundreds of years ago, like the the Egyptians or whatever. Instead of leaving like they were supposed to, they come. This is just backstory. You know what I mean? But they stay and they live on this planet. Right. right. And maybe they have a door in this one specific area. But it's only when they, they build something with a door in that area, a door-like thing. Right. So we can kind of go anywhere with it at that point. But so okay, so let's come up with like the five characters, like girls, guys, what? What? Do, who do we want in this this picture? We want somebody. There's got to be dynamics between the characters, so they have to have like maybe two guys that like uh, one person, or like two girls that like one guy, or or whatever. I don't care. Just characters. They don't have to be specific. Yeah, yeah. Th- I mean, that's good. You have two guys, three girls, maybe four people. You talk about five. Okay. Yeah. No, we could do that. We, and, and let's just break down, um, come up with a name, just a simple name. Try to figure out what each of these characters, um, we're going to have, uh, attached to them. Uh, right. like, like what kind of traits they would be. Like, I feel like there's got to be a girl who is, uh, kind of a badass and she doesn't take any shit from anybody. Kind of like a backwoods girl. Like she knows how to hunt. No, I, I picture her like, um, just like some, like, you know, city girl. Okay. Who just doesn't take any shit from anybody, and she's like you know, super street smarts kind yeah, of. Yeah, nobody can get close to her. You know, like they don't even know if she's into guys, girls, or whatever. She's just like a loner, right? And she just doesn't take any shit from anybody. I think that would be kind of interesting. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, and maybe you're a maybe your hippie chick. You know, is it grass fed? <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure, we could do that. Um, I, I think we definitely should have like a guy who's also kind of a badass, but more of a prick. Uh, not like to himself. He's just like all about getting attention kind of guy. Right. You know what I mean? He's always like doing cool, fancy, fun things just to get people's attention. Kind of like a, a walking, uh, meme. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like troll, pretty much. Internet troll guy. Right, right, but right. But like right. in real life. <laughs> Wait, this is real life, right? I don't know. Or is it? No. Just kidding. Anyway. <laughs> So, so, okay. So we got Chelsea, the badass chick who is a loner. We got Sarah, who is the fucking, like, I don't know, hippie ish. Truly smelling. Yeah. She's a big pothead, whatever. Uh, we got Brian, I guess, who is like the badass guy who's kind of a douche, uh, who's just a living meme lord. <laughs> uh, we got, uh, what's another name? Like some like fake name, you know, like knife or some stupid shit. <laughs> like Jax or. Yeah, we call him Jax. Fuck it. All right, so Jax. So what is Jax like? He's uh, kind of a quiet guy, maybe goes along with some stuff, but he's actually one of the smartest people in the bunch, and you really don't know. Right. He 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 always fills everybody in on stupid shit that they're doing and kind of makes fun of them in his own weird way, uh, even though he's a quiet kind of guy. He's like one of those guys that knows like a million different facts. Right. Like whenever <laughs> anybody's like uh, coming into a problem or like they don't have something, he's always there, like always observing and paying attention so much that he just like hands them the right thing. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But he's sure. kind of like, an out, you know, he's an outlier. So he, he doesn't really 
he's he belongs to this group, you know. But then we gotta have one person who's uh, a hitchhiker, right? You said that they pick up. Yeah. And maybe this is like the typical like blonde um stereotype girl who is running away from mommy and daddy and she's kind of a bad girl, but not as bad as she thinks she is. Right. You know what I mean? But you don't really know too too much about her, and maybe she has something to do with the door. Okay. And she's, like, scared of the house before they go in. Somehow. Kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the remake, where they're like, oh, don't go down here. So let me <laughs> let me revise and, and remind us of this. So we got Chelsea, the badass chick loner, Brian, the douchebag troll lord. Uh, what was it? Sarah, the, the kind of hippie pot smoker. Right, right. Who was the other guy? Jax. Jax. Jax, the other guy who was the quiet, intelligent, uh, observing, uh, smart guy. And then we got one, the hitchhiker. What is her name? I don't know. Alice. Okay, sure. Alice, Alice. works. Yeah, Cause works. she's going down the rabbit hole into the <laughs> attic door. Ooh. <laughs> Complex. Ooh. <laughs> Didn't see uh, that, did you? Yeah. So, okay. So now that we got the characters, like, out, we, we kind of have an idea what they would be like. Uh, they crash into this thing. What 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 exactly happens? They hear some screech outside, and then they're playing the music really loud, getting to know each other, you know, you whatever banter they have in the van when they pick her up and everything like that. And she's like, what's her name again? Which one? Alice. Alice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the hitchhiker. Yeah. yeah, the hitchhiker chick. Uh, she's like tells the story of like how she just fucking hates her parents and she's just like they're like so what are you doing out fucking traveling around uh you know let's just say i don't like my parents too much but maybe you find out she killed them or something <laughs> like that or like pushed them through the attic door right. to get rid of them or something like that so was she uh, uh i guess a previous occupant of this house maybe she travels to other parallel dimensions and they she doesn't tell anybody no do you see what i'm saying right like, she could be connected to this door in some way we don't know yet but so there's there's something connecting her to this house. She may be like weird about it or like really kind of sensual with the door or something, <laughs> you know, something weird. You know what I mean? Like right. there's always like that weird off-putting moment in the film where she's like fingering like a, a knot in the door and shit. She's like, yeah. yeah, like something. <laughs> I, it doesn't have to be sexual, I but know. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, she's like riding the doorknob. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I just had to yeah, go there. The attic I? door is real. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> now, this is what I call hard wood. Fuck, I guess it's not a porno. I called you Kyle. Oh, Kyle. Good damn it, Ken. Uh, Patrick. <laughs> yep. Yeah, sorry about it. Yeah, it's all right, David. <laughs> you fucking cunt. All right. So, so there's something that's connecting this chick to this house. Okay. Somehow we can always like play with that. What was the event that happened though was it something that just re- totally wrecked their car like maybe well, a maybe cannonball they- out of nowhere like what the fuck is a cannonball <laughs> maybe maybe they're like um they're like uh they want to get fucked up or something like that they're like we've been driving for fucking 16 hours can we please just fucking pull over and fucking get wrecked for tonight and just fucking have some fun. So he pulls down this dirt road. And as they're like jamming some music, he's like, oh, you want to have some fun? All right, cool. And they play some music, whatever it is. Okay. And some cool music, whatever. <laughs> I, I pick In my mind, it's fucking synth wave of some sort, like synth work. Um, but yeah, they go, they drive, and they're driving really fast. And he's trying to scare the girl, the hitchhiker girl, that like hit on her because he thinks she's kind of hot in some weird way. And the Brian guy or whatever. And he's the troll lord. So, right. Um, but yeah, like he's driving down the road 
and he hears some screech. You can kind of hear it in the background over the over the noise. And you maybe they have the camera behind some of the the grass, you know. So like from that perspective, as it's driving down the road, and the other girl's like laughing because she's high, and the other guy's like, "Can you not right now? Like try to like get detention right now or whatever." <laughs> And then they hit something really hard, and then they maybe they they careen off into a tree, okay, on the road. And he's like, "Fuck!" And he's like, "Yeah, what? Is, Fuck, yeah, man." And you got the smart guy, uh, Jax. He's just like puts his thumb up, like, "Yeah, good job, dude. Yeah, you're a real big idiot." Right. He's like, "Fuck you, Jax." You know. <laughs> so he's so like, did anybody get injured in this? Uh no, maybe lightly, but I don't know. Okay, doesn't matter. It's really just like what makes them stay there. Right. So they they can't leave. So um they just they uh they decided to start drinking and fucking he's like walking down this road and they finally see the house and he's like, Oh shit, there's a house over there, you know, and they go over and they're like, Well that's where we're gonna party tonight. We ain't going nowhere anyway, we might as well fucking live it up. So they go into the house, they break in, you know, and there's just like everything is normal. Like everything is like like old plates are sitting on the table, like somebody had a meal and just left one. Right. Like it's really weird. And uh I don't know if it's dusty or dirty in there, but maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah, like it's been maybe left alone for like 20 years or something and I dust is so. settled. And maybe even the, the, everything in it is from like a different era. Right. And maybe, this is just something I just thought of, but maybe without them knowing, the whole house changes from different generations. Like, yeah, well, maybe, this is the shit from maybe it's not even 70s. just the attic door. It's infected the other doors or something. Yeah, like an so yeah, yeah, like, like a virus, in, like it's it spreading into the ground, right. and like maybe because they call it the attic door because that's where the source of the power comes from. But right. it's affecting other doors, so they're really that when they go through doorways, like by themselves and shit, it's really another dimension. They're like, this actually seems like another thing we did, dude. What? No, 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 no. We did Labyrinth Man, which you're talking about, where, right? Where yeah, but it's a little different. It's a little different. It's a little different. We can it, still make it cool, right? It, that was a protagonist. There was a protagonist and anti antagonist that was like a like a like a monster right so we figured that out uh but yeah this one's a little different so so yeah i think it'd be interesting like you don't really know why you're watching the movie that they're going into different dimensions because it's such a small degree of change that you know maybe the badass girl all of a sudden in one dimension isn't as badass anymore and the hitchhiker's not there in another one so it's kind of like bouncing through these parallel dimensions and you don't realize it the viewer doesn't realize it so is there should we have a focal point like are we going to be watching this movie through one person's experience are we going to like no it'll be bouncing around all the different characters and the viewer will experience weird shit happening because they're in a different dimension and they're just like an offshoot of themselves or like different you know maybe it's even a different person and they're like who the fuck are you like he's like what do you mean who the fuck am i you picked me up on the side of the road no we picked alice up on the side of the road who the fuck are you Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he even calls her by a different name, and then she goes back through the door, and she's back with her friends again. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe to the point where it's like, it's fucking the door is fucking with somebody so bad that they kill somebody just from something they did in an alternate dimension. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. And then when it, like, devolves into, like, ultimate crazy shit where they're just, like, going through doors and people are, like, killing each other. Like, they're watching themselves kill themselves. Yeah. And shit like that. Like, oh, yeah, It dude. gets really mental, like, fucking crazy shit. Like, I, 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 that's the kind of shit. This is the kind of shit I love. Oh, yeah, dude. So, where do we go from here? Shit, like, okay, so they go into the house, they break in. Um, You know, we, we don't want to, like, make things weird right off the bat, but we can kind of make... A little eerie. 
yeah. tones here and there. Maybe, like I said, they come in. Maybe it's stuff from like the 60s, old TV, black and white, you know, all this sort of aesthetics that you would assume to see in the 60s. Well, I would assume that there's no power to this place. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, this is an old abandoned house that has been forgotten. There's there's grass overgrowing. And maybe even one time when they walk out the front door, it's all clean and proper right. outside. And there's like, like actual in the somebody getting their mail. Mm-hmm. And like, hey, what are you doing in my house? And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, they go out at night and it's daytime. Right. Shit like that. Because there's like a different cycle of sun. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? By four hours or whatever the fuck it is. You know, like, it's kind of interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So they party the first night, right? Nothing's okay. wrong at this point. But yeah, but there's got to be some things like in the distance, like maybe that Alice Chicks goes off uh, separately by herself. And maybe, and maybe that- she hears like the radio, if there is a radio. Maybe it's saying something that it's happened in the past, but it happened some. It's happened differently this time around. Well, maybe they even wake up and it's still dark. There you go. Okay. Kind of like in the Blair Witch, they kind of do something like that. The new, the new one. Mm-hmm. The the sequel, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, it was a sequel. It was a sequel, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually, I don't want to get into that. <clears throat> so, let's say... That had an attic, too. Oh, shit. What are we doing? It did have an attic, didn't it? <laughs> that was a really dope scene. Dude. Is this going to be like a group? Well, you know, maybe maybe, maybe one of them is like really into pot, but then, you know, Brian's kind of like a tweaker sort of guy, you know what I mean? He's kind of like into to doing meth and shit like that, and... uh but he also does drinking and and pot, and he's pretty much excess, the 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 embodiment of excess, pretty much. And uh, he co- sort of like gets Sarah along with it because like Sarah's a little quiet, but not really. You know what I mean? She's a pothead and stuff like that. But like he's like hitting on her and Alice. Oh, so he's just kind of like eh, whoever wants. Yeah, it. like he's I'm just throwing it out. He's there. a troll lord. You know what I mean? Like he does whatever he wants. But anyway, so that, okay, so maybe yeah, they do the like, but there should be like a small event that happens the first night that they they party. Maybe they get a knock at the front door. Okay. Or they hear knocking upstairs. Maybe there you go, the attic door. Yeah. Like it's just something smaller that doesn't even lead to it. It could mean something later on. Right. Like we could at the end of the movie, it could backtrack to that moment. Kind of like that scene in Evil Dead where it's like, oh, the cellar door shut. Yeah. What the fuck's going on? Right. Well, no, no, more like. It was one of them coming through the door, and they were freaked out, and they went back up and slammed the door. Maybe they creeped down to the party to see themselves. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, like they're they're t- entangled in this now because they've entered this house. Whether it's past, present, another dimension, right. it's everything. Right. I can see that. Maybe they see their friend go into the door, and they're like, what the fuck? Wasn't this downstairs? And they end up walking into the cellar door. I almost know how I want to end this too. Really? Yeah. Already? I wow. Kinda, yeah. Like I kind of have an idea, like that one of them gets the idea to burn the house. Okay. And so when they escape, they go through the door saying "fuck it," but on the other end of the door, like it's a house that's on fire. Yeah, or something. You know oh what I mean? yeah, like, dude, I like that. Or really yeah, do. like maybe they go into the house where they were going to burn it and they didn't in the one, the dimension that we know. But when they go through it in that dimension, they are burning it and they can't get out and they die. So this is kind of like where you were at. Mm -hmm. This is like, I know I'm jumping to the end, but it just came to me. So what if there is a scene once they figured out what's going on and the cellar door and all this shit that they run down different scenarios of what they should do. 
It's like, we can do this, we can do that. We well, A, B, and C, right? Sure. And then every dimension they go, they're like, oh, fuck, this is the B scenario. Fuck. Well, it really, you really shouldn't even really be dealing with the dimensional thing until the very end. Well, this is the end like of the movie the where, they're like, where it minutes. comes to a head yeah. where they, you know, it's like, fuck it, go through this other door. And then what I would like to do with it, what I would do with it is I would um, try to treat it like a, like a, a supernatural ghost film. Okay. Where they see shadowy people running around. They don't really understand what's going on. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And then you start to unravel it even further, and it's not just ghosts anymore. It's not just banging on the walls It's or like screams. the previous events that they were talking about that are now actually right. coming to fruition. Just like a shadow person walking around, and they don't know what it is. It could be creatures, too, because like I said, the the, the, the parallel dimension that this, this house is, it could be a submarine door if all they care. It just has to be in this area, mm-hmm. like whatever it is. And maybe that area got washed over by the ocean, and they're, you know you know however many meters down in a submarine one time and they open it and they go through the door and they're in a submarine and like what the fuck right do you see what i'm saying oh or, yeah or the vice or vice versa you know? right anyway so well, we were having, having the party we hear door slam we don't later on we'll find out that it is actually somebody from the party that came down and saw themselves and freaked out do you see what i mean yeah kind of almost kind of reminds me of a Plus one, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but uh, it will make this a little bit darker because I want to see them stabbing themselves, like killing themselves, and like one of them from another dimension is like going through different dimensions, killing themselves because they don't want to be, they don't want any duplicates of them. And so, right. you see what I'm saying? Or like, they know that there's that one faction of the group that's like that guy needs to fucking die. Right. I like it. So, so I, it'd be kind of interesting that way. Like they just they can't handle that there's more versions of them, and they want to keep killing it. So maybe they go investigate the cell- the cellar door, and when they get to the no, cellar, what? Not cellar door. Not so attic door. <laughs> attic door, and then they maybe see like a growth, some kind of rot or something. Maybe that'd be cool. And they kind of see it spreading through the house. Right. Maybe it's like it's it has this weird acidy smell that like smells like something's burning, but also like kind of putridy smell. Right. Um, okay, but we hear the door slam and they stop the music. Maybe they have like a iPod playing on some fucking speaker or whatever. They go upstairs. They, they go to investigate it and they're like, what the fuck is somebody here? You know what I mean? They're like, oh fuck. And he's like, fuck this. Hold on. And he breaks a leg off a table or something like that. And he's like ready to pound somebody with the Brian is, you know, cause he's Mr. Man. Um, he goes upstairs they um they don't find anything except they see a shadowy person in one of the rooms like maybe brian does and with somebody else and then they run back into the attic and then the door slams again Hmm. and then he's like what the fuck and then he opens the attic and he pulls the light and it's just a you know one of those chain lights and there's nothing it's just a it's just a closet or like a an attic but there's nothing in there it's like completely barren. There's like nothing in there when they open it up. And he was like, ain't nothing in there. That was fucking weird. And they go back to party and they wake up next day. So like one of them goes off to try to figure out how to to uh, to to fix the van. Like they're going to go make a call outside. They're not getting reception, obviously, because it's, you know, maybe they're in another dimension already and they don't even realize it. Right. Maybe the van's not there in one dimension when they go out the front door. Maybe the person who left to go get the van fixed or get some help disappears and never comes back. 
because they never came back to the parallel dimension that they were coming through. You know, I was thinking like um like some kind of signal to the audience to let know let them know when shit's kicking off and when dimensions are switching. Okay. Like and it's totally audible to the pe- the characters in the yeah, movie as well. You think? Yeah, I would think that's like maybe like after they fucking freak out, they go upstairs. They I think s- it should be seamless. So you as the viewer and the and the people in the character have no idea. Right. Because we could play with that. Like if we were to like really sit down and do the script and it would be very complex. Um we would have to literally draw a diagram as to what dimensions they went into. Right. For our own sake, for backstory and everything like that. Well, I was just thinking, like, you know, they go up to the attic, they see the rot, they see, you know, the shadowy figure, and then once shit calms down, they're like, do you hear that? And maybe it's just like a high tone, you know what I mean? Like like a high frequency noise that kind of, like, signals that maybe it just dimensions sounds like, are shifting. Maybe it just sounds like ear ringing. Right, exactly what I was thinking. I don't think it should happen every time. I think it should just be every once in a while. Like, every time they go through a door, that might be a little too... Well, no, no, just just when they're they're passing into their dimension. Not so much they're going through, but just when they're, it's breaking through their own reality. Okay, all right, sure. Then what? And then something weird happens. So, after they see the shadow figure, they kind of still hear this tone going on. And they're trying to discover where it's at. Okay. And maybe someone goes out and they discover that the van's gone all of a sudden. I think it'd be interesting. Yeah, that 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 would be cool. So maybe, maybe this is what I was talking about. So what if one of the the people, it could be Jax or something like that, leaves. Right. Okay. He leaves to go get help, call on the phone, get a tow truck, whatever. And when he walks out, like they're all waiting for him to come back and they open the door. They don't see him out there. They eventually go to investigate. Like, what did he do? And their van's not even there. Exactly. Totally. Totally. And he's gone. Yeah. He's gone. He was like, what did he get it fixed and fucking bail on us or something like that? And then maybe when they all go come back in, they see Jack's over top of himself, stabbing himself in the head over and over again. And they go back out the front door and shut the door. Like what the fuck? Yeah. And then they go back yeah, in, and, and there's no blood, no nothing. Right. Oh, dude, that's perfect. You bro. see what I mean? But it's got to be like brutal. Like I want to see that fucking like he's stabbing somebody in the face with maybe a screwdriver. Maybe it's not even a screwdriver. Maybe like a hammer. Hammers and maybe he's like screaming something too. Like you know, it's not me. It's not me. It's not me. And they're like, what the fuck? I mean, maybe he just took the car or something. I don't know. It's just it's so weird. You're not fucking oh me. You're not me. You're not me. He's Shut not the fucking me. door. He's not Shut me. It. And then they shut the front door and they're like, okay. And he's like, Brian, fuck. Brian's like, fuck this. And he goes in to like attack him. Like, like, I don't know what I just saw. Like, they don't even know if that it was him himself. Right. And Brian, but he goes in and they're not even there. The Brian or the Jax guy's not stabbing himself anymore. And he even trips over a table or something that wasn't there before when they were in the house before. You see what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this because then, then you can play with each of the characters going in different doors and then they're meeting different versions of themselves. Um, but maybe, maybe, maybe Brian goes in by himself. And does shut the door. I don't know. So he, like, he knows shit that other people haven't seen yet. So he already has, like, a preconceived notion of who Jax is. He's a fucking, he's a killer. He's a fucking, we need to get him. Right. And the rest of the people don't even comprehend And, and, this. and maybe, maybe Jax comes back later that night. Right. And, and they he, fucking kill him. 
Well, they think they, they, they don't trust him, obviously, because they saw him killing somebody and they're like, what the fuck is going on? And uh, he was like, yeah, I got the the tow truck guy. Uh, he towed the truck and I've been looking for you guys. Where the fuck have you been? And he's totally normal, but they're like questioning him and shit. And like even uh, what's her name? Chelsea, the crazy, the 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 badass chick who's right. like kind of a loner. She's like holding him against the wall. You think you're going to pull that fucking shit with me? You're going to fucking die. And he's like, whoa. Like, seriously? What? What is going on, guys? So he actually was able to get back to the same dimension, or so you think. Right. We can play with that. Oh, man, it's so complex. It's yeah, I know. Complex. Like, this is one of those movies that you would literally have to draw a diagram and come up with, like, and everything where has to each connect. of the characters would be. A has to go to B, and B has to go to C, and, like, yeah, it's, fuck. So who, who's going to be the one that lives and goes through the door and then dies? Because we got to have the ending... That it that they go through the house and on the other end Brian's burning the house down because he's freaked out because even he got trolled and he doesn't understand it and so he he's like burning the house maybe he even killed everybody in that dimension and like himself and she sees himself kill himself as the fire's coming up the stairs and she goes to open the door and it's locked or yeah that that works or it's like you know they're back to the point where they've seen the shadow figure again and maybe it's a, a shadow figure of Brian and they all run into the room. And as soon as they go through the room, everything's on fire. Yeah. And then they, they run back out. And I, I kind of like that Brian's again. doing it because he seems like the loose cannon. Right. Like, he thinks he's always got it together, but he doesn't really. And so, like, anything that was to actually throw off his his troll or his, like, you know, control of the world would really fuck him up. Right. Because he thinks he's got it all together and he just knows how to toy with the world. But really, it's toying with him and he can't handle it. So he starts killing everybody in that dimension. And so when she goes back, I would say that the hitchhiker chick who goes through the door or Chelsea, one of the two, Chelsea's kind of a cool one because she's kind of the stronger chick. Right. I think that would be kind of interesting. It seems like Chelsea to me would be the heroine at the end, like the one that kind of tied everything up but oh what do you got so Give it to okay me. okay so okay so so how do i how would i do this how would you do this okay so i i have an idea like alice the hitchhiker is from parallel dimensions or she's one and she keeps bringing people into this house or maybe she's chelsea but in a different dimension she's alice no well maybe but i mean i think that the hitchhiker is the re- the reason she got she p- picks up hitchhikers to bring him into this house right for whatever reason you don't know why keep the cosmic energy flowing. maybe she's just like eating food when they have the party and stuff and they hear the door slam and she's just like oh it's probably just the wind you know whatever right she doesn't care and you're like no very clearly i heard a fucking door slam and a scream or whatever and they go up but she doesn't so she's really kind of like coaxing them to go investigate right and maybe in some alternate reality these were her friends and she's trying to find the right one but when they're not i don't know no i like it it's dumb. so she's trying it's to find crazy. the right the the you know what i mean and it's almost like time shifting too so it's not just like well maybe she lost her original friends and she's just trying to find friends that are comparable right to her old friends but maybe she's not even human Hey now, you see what I'm saying? Like, like, I just, just, like you keep on fucking throwing some zingers like, out there, dude. Yeah, it's getting more <laughs> deep as well, we go. It, it, it could be something as like this is what I picture. Like the girl goes, so maybe like um, you think that the 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 chick is the Alice chick, the hitchhiker at the very end. She's you don't realize that she's connected until the very end. So when the girl goes, when Chelsea goes in to run away from something, 
whatever it is. Um, and we'll add some, we're going to throw in like three cool things that would happen in this movie. And then we'll end up where that is. But she goes through the door and she tries to go back and maybe Alice locked the door and you see Chelsea burning. And then you see Alice walk down the stairs, like putting on her iPhone like tunes or something like some cool track. Right. And she walks through a door and a light shines. And then the next scene you see is her out on the fucking road again, hitchhiking from her perspective. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And she's like, Hey, like she almost blinked and, her and, eyes. And, and it's almost exactly like, and then, and then when she, uh, and maybe characters she, roles are reversed. Like here, like think of this way. So, so like in, in the beginning of the movie, when she's getting picked up, she does a specific thing. Maybe she's like, yeah, let me just go get my bags. Is that cool? And they're like, yeah, hurry up, girl. We got a party. Right. Whatever. And then she goes to get her bag. And then you see her eyes blink or something like not blink, but like her eyes change color or something like that. So you know that it's like even deeper than just the doors. Right. See what I'm saying? So at the very end, when she turns to grab her bags, you see something like her tongue split or something like, or some like something weird that would just like lead you to think like, what the fuck is really happening? You mean just like a, a just a subtle nod being like, this isn't right. Yeah. Like there's, this goes way deeper. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? So like when Chelsea goes in and gets the, the house gets burned down, she gets burned alive and Alice locks the door from the other end. So she can't get back in some weird way. Like and you wonder what she's a bigger part of. But you also find out that she's not, you know, in the backstory for us is that she's been trying to find her friends. The viewers wouldn't know that. Right. But she's also not human. So she's some sort of hybrid. Like maybe she could be one of those dimensions. Like you were saying, right. aliens came exactly. here. Exactly. Bre- breed it. Breed it. Uh, bread it. with. Uh, or put it in their fucking water for all we know. We don't yeah, know. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, it changes their fucking... Soft Peter. Yeah, we don't know. But anyway. (laughs) So, okay. So let's come up with like three or four instances in the movie that would happen that we would uh, think would really be cool. Like just cool scenes that we could add in there. Like I added the one with the fucking... The hammer. Jack's like taking a hammer and cracking open his himself saying i'm you're not me you're not me you know what i mean right and it's like blood splatting on his face and he's like looks over at him he's like who the fuck are you and then they shut the door and that's when brian goes into (coughs) he's like fuck this shit i'm taking him out and then he runs in then that's when you know whatever but what are some other things that could happen and then maybe in the night well since we're not since we've kind of like established that this infection is no longer just in the cellar door, that attic, it's like attic the door. attic door. That's the name of the Sign movie. Up, attic door. It's <laughs> <laughs> the name of the movie, Pat. Sorry, I'm being very. What was the word I fuck up all the time? Pacific. Specific. <laughs> Specific. <laughs> you, you fucked it up. I know. I always fuck it up. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's say uh, Patchouli Girl. What was her name? Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. Sarah. Pothead chick. Pothead chick. She's going out to do some guardian. Guardian, garden, <laughs> gardening, or it's just just find wildflowers or some shit. Right, she's looking for something. Maybe she had like a rash from something from the hike, and she like knows this, you know, home remedy where she's like, oh, I saw some that's, wildflowers that's... over there. It's for this, <laughs> whatever. I I may be going too deep. Yeah, you're going way too deep. Too that deep. Way. Yeah, I don't want to know about Sarah's rash. Let me yeah, just be yeah. honest. <laughs> Go see a doctor about She's that. She's got right? gynolotrimin. She's putting it on. Go yeah, ahead. yeah. Go ahead, Pat. So, so she got the calamine lotion, right? <laughs> and she's just rubbing it and rubbing. All right. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I was just joking. And you can... 
Just take it and run. <laughs> All right. So let's just say she goes out to the fucking van to get her supplies or her uh, bag of goodies. Right. And as when she opens the door, maybe she sees herself ODing or maybe doing something even oh. fucked up like that. Oh, that's interesting. So, oh, so she sees her. Okay, yeah. Here, check this out. What if right. it's okay? So she goes out to the van to get something. Maybe she's like picking flowers on the way down the road because that's she's just into that shit. Whatever. Right. She goes down to the van to to get something out of the van to get it, and she finds herself ODing on drugs and foaming out of the mouth. And she's like trying to like she's like scared, and she also doesn't want to let herself die because in some weird way it's like she's letting herself die. Right. So then. So then uh, you hear a loud bang into the side of the fucking van and you hear a scream and it's like something scurries off into the bushes or like into the grass. And it's like... <laughs> like <you know? laughs> and Who's <she's>, that again? <laughs> so like, yeah, hey man, I do... Uh, yeah, I voice, love it, dude. It reminds me of the thing. Shit, yeah. um, so like, he runs into like the woods or whatever and then she's like, fuck that. And she gets in the front seat. And maybe all of a sudden, as soon as she shuts the door, it becomes night. So it's infected in the the van door. Right, like it's the, the infection is this right is infected the ground and anything that tu- it touches. Or maybe maybe when it runs off to the grass, she goes to check it out, and then she sees this like weird green sort of like creature running on all five legs or some shit. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like cr- looks around a tree, and she's like, "Fuck that!" And she gets in the van door, and as soon as she slams the door. Instantly, it's night. That fifth bone wasn't a leg, was it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it ain't going in me, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, like, wouldn't that be cool? Like, if you just instantly, as soon as she shut the door, it's just new it's scene. nighttime, right? No, it's nighttime immediately, right. and, and without skipping a beat, no sound, no nothing. The sound of the door is what clicks it to nighttime immediately. And she looks in the back seat, and she's not even there anymore. Well, maybe at this point. She looks back seat, and there's still somebody there, but it's not her anymore. It's Jax, the guy who originally went out to the van to go get help. Oh, yeah. He was like, hey, how did you get out here? Right. Maybe he's like, pass out. Weren't you just inside? Right. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be kind of interesting. And maybe there's something fucked up with Jax, and he's like, dude, you tried to kill me. What the fuck? Wouldn't he be going out in the daytime, though? So it'd be kind of weird if he came out in the middle of the night, right? Well, maybe he was trying to fix the car and he fell asleep out there in the back of the van or something like that. Yeah. Or, yeah, that's interesting. So he, he's like, well, wait, what are you doing in here? I, I've been looking for you guys. Like, have you been here? Like, I've been all over the place. Like, I, I've been up and down this I've fucking road. To, I haven't seen the house. I've been trying to call a tow truck or anything. I can't get any fucking reception. I can't like. And uh, he's like banging on the window. When she sees it turn night, she's like, what the fuck? And then all of a sudden it's. Like, and he's like, yo, what are you doing in there? You're like, how the hell did you get here so fast? Maybe it's just him getting to the van. Right, yeah. Well, no, not just getting to the van, but he's been, like, lost. Can't find anybody. Right. Or something, you know Maybe what I mean? he's run down the, the same dirt track, like, five, ten times. and he's just Right, nothing. maybe maybe he never went back into the house, or maybe, you know, who knows? Right. That's a cool one. I like that. That's good. Um, what I, I want to have more... Um, Violence <laughs> and, and, and gore. That's somewhat psychological. Though. Yeah, I gotta have some gore in here. Um, so maybe instead of this and discovering, maybe like instead of her looking back and being like, "Jax, what are you doing here?" Maybe Jax automatically is on the defensive and just fucking starts choking the fuck out of her, like from behind, while she's trying to fucking start the van. Yeah, and then uh, like uh, Chelsea comes out, and bashes him over the head. There you go. Okay, 
Yeah, that would make sense. Okay. Yeah, that would be good. Okay. Then Chelsea and Sarah could bond over that moment. They could run back into the house, and maybe it's like nobody's there, and they're like, wait, what the fuck is going on? There is something not right. And then they hear something scurry in the kitchen, and then like you hear pots and pans fall over, and then like a door slam. And then they go in there, and they're like, what is going on? So then they go into another room. The door slams behind them, and uh, they start hearing like weird uh like gurgly screaming noises and stuff outside of the room and they don't know what it is and so when they open it up and it kind of opens into the hallway which you can kind of see into the kitchen so it's like diagonal i don't know how to explain it through the hallway right you can kind of see in there and it's like the whole kitchen is covered in this green slime Hmm. and you don't know why and so then like and you hear these clicks and pops and they go out there and they're like what the fuck and then they run back in that room Chelsea does, you know, to, to, to whatever. And then they go back out and then everybody's waiting around. They're like, what the fuck is, where have you guys been? Like, where's, where's Jax? Like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Right. Like, I think that's really cool. Like, you know what I like about this idea of this movie is that it could never end. Right. That's what it I'm saying. Never end. You could do it in different versions, like different, almost like how ha- Happy Death Day, uh, if you've ever seen that movie, mm-hmm. kind of like it, like it looks like part two is kind of run together. Right. Like really heavily. So I kind of like that. I, I don't know. I, I mean, Happy Death Day is a little too, uh, teeny bopper, but you know what I mean? Like, it's still a good premise for a movie. Right. I liked it. I oh, mean, I think it's a way better movie than most people gave a credit. But anyway, so what is another air? What is another thing that would really happen to be kind of gory? Um, but maybe, maybe, maybe we should get back. And when they go back in, maybe they should see somebody like something cr- leaned over their friends. Maybe they're all okay. So when she looks into the kitchen and she sees all that green slime and everything, right? She goes in there and she sees like people sitting at a table. But if you, the closer you get, the more you see that. They're not the, really the people. slurping or the clicking sounds is them something drinking out of their head. Do you know what I mean? Like something is like been feeding on it. Maybe like you don't even see it. Maybe it's like a uh, some kind of alien creature, some kind of right. You just see massive, it. huge creature you, you, above the house that's slowly draining them from their flu with some kind of tubes ooh. or fucking. She looks out like yeah, maybe there's like a tube like that's like sucking out of its head, like right. well, somebody's head. It doesn't even have to be their friends, right? But it, it could, could just be a whoever would live there beforehand. But it could be because like ultimately, if you if you want to kill people in a movie, you typically want to have the viewer uh, know the character enough that the death is has some sort of meaning, some kind it. of weight, yeah, yeah, some sort of weight to it. So maybe it could be like you know, maybe it's like fucking Alice. Or something like that, getting her head sucked on by something that's hanging out of a window that's like, you know, oozing. And then when they look out the window, they see this thing floating up in the sky that just has this glowing eye. And you hear this loud scream and you see stuff like vines crawling over the ground and busting through the windows. And then they go run back in that room and that's when they go back to their friends. It could be that same tone they heard at the beginning of the movie, but maybe more intense. Right. Maybe slightly altered. I just think it would be cool to see some sort of thing floating in the sky. Oh, yeah, dude. That 
that makes no sense and it screams this large like earth shattering like rumble of a fucking whatever and then things start crawling across the ground and busting through the windows and ripping the side of the house off and then she goes back in the house and i think someone should die right there that should be another death scene oh right sarah there. sarah oh maybe she's trying to help her pull her in the door into okay. the room okay and uh this thing like wraps around her waist and then just like separates her body from each other but like you see like the spine and then you just see it snap maybe it maybe it grabs her by one leg two legs and one arm and it just slowly like rips her into like a piece and it, of paper and it could even crawl up her side and like melt off her arm so that when she falls through the door and the door shuts like she's got her arm but when she goes when chelsea goes out the door like acid or something like melts it off or rips yeah. it off or like at that point right so like when she falls back she sees the arm melt off she pulls the hand into her dimension the door slams she's like freaking out in the corner like shaking or whatever and maybe somebody comes in the door and is like what are you are you okay cuz she's screaming chelsea's screaming in this in that dimension but it's like Maybe it's Jax. Oh, hold on, hold on. So somebody comes to, yeah, it could be Jax. And then she fucking kills him again. <laughs> and no, and then, uh, and then Jax comes in and she's holding the hand. Yeah, maybe she kills him. Maybe she, maybe he like, he's like, Hey, are you okay? And she was like, stay the fuck away from me. And then she, she busts through him or whatever. And he's like, fuck you, dude. And, um, when, and, and she shuts the door in his face, but she's back out and then maybe he's there again. And right. So, and so she thinks it's him, but really Alice has been there too, and you don't know that. You know what I mean? Right. So she's like really confused, and she's really, and you know that there's something going on. So let's add one more kill scene, whatever it may be. There was a little tweak. I ooh, ooh, wait, wait, wait. I hold got on. It, let me I get it out. It. Let me get it. No, no. Just hold on to it. Okay. Just tell me if this is stupid real quick. It might be. So when she gets her arm ripped off, maybe when she comes back to her own reality, Alice has a prosthetic arm from like childbirth or something. But something in well, it was Sarah that got her arm ripped off. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, 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 Sarah. But whoever it is in this dimension Sarah now is, has, doesn't have an arm. She has a prosthetic, and she's had it since she was born. Right. Okay. I think it would be interesting that when Chelsea um, pulls the hand into her dimension and okay. the door slams, she goes out, or Jax opens the door, and she's like, "Don't fucking touch me. Leave me the fuck alone." And she slams the door behind her to keep him away from her. But when she goes out, all of her friends and everybody are there tied to chairs with their throats cut. I like it. You see what I'm saying? And then she runs out the front door, door slams behind her. She's in another dimension. See what I'm saying? Yeah. It just onward. onward. Right. But and, I was thinking, and, but here's the, the other thing I right. was going to, I have to mention this because we were talking about Jack's or not Jack's Brian, the, 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 the edge Lord, right. guy, Troll Lord. Uh, he, she goes, when she sees all their throats cut, she's like running down the thing. She gets in the van and then it's daytime or whatever. You know, there's a transition somehow, whether the viewer or they know it or not. And then uh, all of her friends come out the front door and they're like, what are you doing? Like, where is Jax? Like, what's going on with Jax? And Alice is just like, Brian's been hitting on Alice in this dimension or whatever. And uh, maybe in this dimension, they know that there's been some fucked up shit going on. And they're like, dude, we there has been some fucked up shit going on. I have entered rooms and seen things that I cannot even fathom. And she's like, you don't even need to explain. So when they go back in the house, Jax, or 
Brian, excuse me, the edgelord troller guy is like, hey, why don't we burn this fucking house down? There's something fucking rotten about it. We need to fucking kill it. I feel I feel like this house is alive and I think it has to do with that fucking addict or whatever. But then they're like, fuck that. Why don't we just leave? And in that dimension, they leave. But something happens on the street. There's creatures or something. And she gets chased into the house, goes up the stairs, through the attic door to get away from it. After all these events have happened, she goes through the door and Brian's on the other end burning the house down. Well, at this point, I don't think it necessarily has to be the attic door anymore. Since this this thing has contaminated well, the ground. It's, I think it's very house. important if the movie's called The Attic Door, we have to end it with The Attic Door. All right. So maybe this, like, every door that she opens on the, uh, just to try to hide is a different dimension that's fucked up than the, everything she's seen before. You know right. what I mean? Well, there and be, it just leads her to The Attic Door. There would door. be multiple more scenes that we could come up with. Oh, for sure. But for time's sake, for our listeners, right. I would just say, let's end it on a, on a good note. They come out, they know what's up all of a sudden, and she's like, everybody's in on like the fucked up shit that's happened. And maybe every single person is not even from that dimension, and they don't even know. Something happens. Maybe they start changing or something like that. Maybe like they start killing each other. Like one of them has a tentacle arm and is like, yeah, one of them could be an alien hybrid, right? Or whatever. And it's choking out somebody, and then they like panic, and it's like killing them, and they're trying to stab it. And she goes running into the house, and and she's pacing around the room because she opens up the door, and none of that's there anymore. I think it should be Jack since we've kind of made him. The main antagonist. I think something needs to chase her up the stairs into the attic. And Brian was talking about burning the house down before that happened. And when she goes through the door, maybe it's Alice. Maybe Alice, she finds out that Alice, she maybe, maybe there's a conversation when they run away from all the chaos that they're killing each other. Maybe Alice kind of tips herself off by talking about the past. That's something that didn't happen in their dimension. She'll, she, maybe Alice is like, you know, out of all of them, you're the closest one to who Chelsea really is. Do you know oh, what I mean? Shit. Yeah. yeah. And then something happens and she, you don't see what happens, but you see Chelsea's face and she's scared out of her mind and you hear noises and things are happening, but they don't show you necessarily. And then cut to black. The end. And then no, she runs in the house. Oh, okay. And then on goes this, up okay, the stairs right. and you hear like maybe maybe like you see tentacles or something like that coming out of Alice, but you don't see her full form yet. And then she rips, she goes through the front door, and then you see Alice like tearing through the front door because there is. I would assume that these are like dimensional. She's a dimensional creature of some right. sort. Anyway, she rips off the front of the house, and as everything's getting destroyed, as she's going up the stairs, she goes through and she thinks everything's all right, and she sees the light flicker up behind her. And it's the flames and Brian's killed everyone and is burning the house and she can't get out. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and then like, then you see the next scene after all of that and she burns alive brutally. Uh, Chelsea does. You see Alice standing out, holding her thumb out for a ride again. And that's when she reaches down for a bag and you see the something you know, like blink her eyes blink or her like mouth open and it's like some weird shit alien shit. And then it goes and then it just starts See, over. And I still want to go to the scene where she gets in the fucking the van like her normal and the fucking Sarah girl has a prosthetic arm. Like, you know, like kind of tying that together. Well, I think it would be interesting if they all kind of looked at each other in some weird like Like I know you kinda Yes. Like And nod. then it just they drive down the road 
after they stare at each other and she just smiles. Alice smiles. Maybe like a wink. And then the car, the van drives off. Music, credits. Cue. I like it. Yeah. I, think I, it, I would like to deep, dig deeper into this and actually yeah. write some shit down because this it's, it's one of those stories that go on and on and I, on. I think it would be really interesting and I, I really like this concept. And I know, guys, those of you who are listening, this is one of those episodes where you kind of have to pay attention um, like you would a fucking movie. Right. And just like pay attention to what we're saying and, and follow us 100%. And I understand. But it, from what you've heard. And uh, would you be interested in a movie like this? Do you like what we came up with, The Attic Door? And what would you add or take away from it? Like, let us know in any of the comment sections uh, without spoiling too much. Uh, but try your best if you can. Now, the one last thing that we got to do before we finish this up is we got to come up with a tagline. Okay. So what are we going to call this? Hell's not always what it seems. Some doors are not meant to be opened. It's <laughs> <laughs> been used like hitchhiking has never been more disastrous. I'm kidding. It, it can't be something like that. That uh, uh, like a spoilery. Right. Um, Fear knows no bounds. <laughs> or how about what if what if it's like all things start and begin, or all things begin and end at a door. Or something like that. Right. Or like the end is the beginning is the end. Or... Yeah. But you know what I mean? That is stupid as that. Like that's been used a million times. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Damn you smashing I'm pumpkins. Not, yeah. I'm not Billy fucking Corgan here. All right. Um, <laughs> I'd be a lot more attracted to you. You're if like, you were. Jesus Christ. She done my idea. Um, no, uh, just, uh, you know, like, you know, something about doorways. It has to be the attic door. Every entrance has a doorway or, no, every entrance is a doorway no 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 it's, it's stupid uh just something like every the beginning of every journey starts with a door i like it that's i think that's the best yeah it's the best we've got <laughs> the shit that we just spitballed out yeah. yeah or something more horror maybe maybe it could be like the beginning of every terrifying tale begins with a door yeah or a doorway i think i like doorway because doorway leads in leaves it open to actual like you know alternate dimensions and shit like that yeah uh, so it would be the beginning of every dark tale starts with a door doorway or doorway yes yeah there you I go i like it that's boom. better bada bing bada boom the beginning of every dark tale starts with a doorway there you go it's a long one but it's there what do you guys think look we made this up off the spot off the top of our head let's be honest here i was a sounding board and and you came out with a lot of great scenes. I dude. did. I just run with it, man. Like I'm sorry if I overstepped anything that you. No, said I'm or... just like I said. I don't mind being a sounding board, dude. I like I enjoy uh, doing. I want this. you to be a part of it. I felt like you were a part of it. I didn't think anything else. Well, I'm just saying I like to be a part of this, and it was. I, I think it was an amazing story, and I would actually like to sit. Yeah, down Yeah, I would and love to something. see this. So, uh, producers, um, Blumhouse. Anybody that's listening, you know who to hit up for good ideas. It's uh, Beyond the Void Horror Podcasts. Lay some money on my lap and I'll blow you. Uh, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> not really. No, yeah, I'm not. If it's blow, enough, I'm not gonna blow anybody for a fucking idea. I'm just gonna. You just need. You know. No, it needs to be from you know money. We got the goods. Not you know ideas. What I mean? <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, I missed you, bro. <laughs> Anyway, man, it is a pleasure to have you back. Uh, hopefully we'll hear back from Brittany soon, guys. So, uh, I, we really do appreciate you, uh, sticking around this week. We wanted to give you a little extra this week. So we hope that you enjoyed this episode. Thank you again, once again, to Clint Carney for coming on and doing the interview next week. We got Necro 
uh, the death rap artist. So stick around for that next week, guys. Thank you so much for coming by, and uh, we'll see you next time. See you later, guys. So...